Hello and welcome to the new disc colony, the new metal discussion podcast, the low T, no T, glasses with the nose on it. Um, what? I, I was thinking like a Marco glass. Uh, the, what are they? The, the glass. Uh, fuck. <laughs> Already <laughs> fucked it up. The Marx Marks Brothers. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Mar- Groucho. That's Groucho. what I'm looking for. Groucho, Groucho glasses. glasses. Yeah, yeah. Remember those? those I do. Big. I I I sense that that was a moment of like panic? improving, but like panic looking around the room because <laughs> I was looking at your nose and glasses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. I just got some uh, spectacles um, when, uh, when I went to uh, all of my mini doctor visits. My wife was like, well, you might as well go to the eye doctor and get yeah. some spectacles. They look good, man. Yeah, kind of right. kind of a shop teacher glasses. I I, hey, students. Students. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Who put these used condoms in the bandsaw? <laughs> Me. Leslie? <laughs> and used is only uh, 50% accurate because a woman's <laughs> vagina is not involved. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Just jerking and coming <laughs> to it. Absolutely. We're classy <laughs> bitches here. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, good old uh, Mr. Bradford mm-hmm. was, well, maybe I shouldn't say it's no, too late now. Um, it's, a, it's a mister. Uh, we don't have to get to his. He's dead. His he's, he's surely dead by now. <laughs> He'll outlive us all somehow, <laughs> yeah. some way. Our old uh, tech technology education teacher, tech mm-hmm. ed. Yeah. Uh, he's a large man, a uh, very large man, like mm-hmm. tall and wide. Um, <laughs> and uh, red. He's always red. Yeah, he had, uh, what do they call that? Rose- rosacea? Rosacea. Rosacea. Yeah. Oh, beautiful girl's name. Be- mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my new uh, child, Rosacea. Uh-huh. Uh, over here is... <laughs> Corsage. Cors- <laughs> <laughs> this is my son, Corvette. <laughs> and you know my- there's a kid named Corvette out there. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. They have three mullets, somehow. <laughs> yeah. They have three mullets on. And then, uh, you know, the person's other daughter's name is, of course, Debris. Um, so we got another one on the way. His name is going to be Calvin Pisson on the Dodge emblem. <laughs> Junior. No, I do like Rams. I do like Rams, but Dodge himself. No, no. I don't do it. Um, uh, but, uh, just before we started, you had mentioned that you yeah. got a new star Wars book. Oh, yep. I did. And, uh, you showed it to me and I asked, cause there's some characters on the front of it. Look like there's uh, Luke Star Saber is on the front. Mm-hmm. Londo, uh, Calpissian. Calpissian. Oh <laughs> fuck. Oh Calpissian. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, what? What is the? We we don't know who that other figure is, but they look TBD. TBD. Uh, yeah. The TBD book's called oil. Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher. Mm. Um, recently released. Um, apparently. Uh, from all the reviews reviews I've read, it uh, attempts to fix a lot of the sequel trilogy, which I'm uh, very much interested in because um, I got some problems with the sequel trilogy. Um, this is the first I've ever heard. Of I that. know, and it's hot take here. <laughs> um, not as not not the same problems that everyone else seems to have for the most part. Um, because uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, women, shitty people w- of color. Yeah, all the <laughs> the usual suspects. Am I right? Uh, no, it's a uh, white men, young white men who are upset about a lot of things, uh, more diversity, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, woke ism or whatever the fuck, um, they can all go sit on a, not a dick because I don't want to make a gay thing. They can sit on a pine cone. How about that? Oh my God. It would hurt, right? Oh, uh, no, we're going to get canceled by the forest rangers. 
Oh, go, go, Forest Rangers. <laughs> Big Forest is going to shut us down. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, that's uh, I just started just started the book, so mm-hmm. I don't know much about it yet. Uh, I'm like maybe a few chapters in, but mm-hmm. so far, uh, pretty good. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. And there are pictures in this book? Zero. Okay, we can move on. Yeah. Uh, I don't have time for that. <laughs> Uh, canonically, I do not like or appreciate books, and uh, that's just the way it's going to be. But but you love comic books. Weird disconnect. Uh, not at all. I said it. No. <laughs> no. They're a superior art form in every way. You just don't like Chris Claremont because it's too many words. It's a lot of words, it's but I, you know there are comics involved in there Speaking somewhere. of a lot of words, yeah. um, you let me borrow something uh, a week before last. And, I did, yeah. Um, I had a minor surgery. Don't worry, anybody. Uh, not a big deal. Had a little little, uh, little thing. Not a big deal. Don't ask questions. Um, but you did let me uh, borrow the Deathmate uh, series. Series? Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a series of like one-shot comics right. that are supposed to have a narrative but absolutely do not have any no. narrative. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because whenever you uh, were sick with COVID, that's mm-hmm. when you read Deathmate. And whenever I was recovering from my surgery, that's when I read Deathmate. So, oh, I read Deathmate when I was recovering from a uh, brain oh, bleed. Oh, that's correct. Yes. Okay. So, so yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Major life events for yeah. each of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, getting old is fucking great. Hell yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, Deathmate. Wow, that that is a uh, that's a series. So for people unaware, uh, Deathmate is a crossover comic book series between uh, the just born Image Comics universe, where a lot of their characters were like kind of in a, a shared universe, but just don't think about it too hard because yeah, yeah. it's not falls apart real quick. Yeah, but um, it was like half of those image comics characters um and then (laughs) some of the valiant characters real random like uh, like smattering of of Mm -hmm. not 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 any of the not any of the ones you would think yeah spawn savage dragon nope the max not involved i don't think shadow hawks involved at all if he is it's not in any major way yeah Uh, but it's like uh young blood wildcats and young blood i think primarily and I think there's like, uh, isn't there one issue that like, has somebody from Cyberforce in it or whatever? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Actually, there's a couple people. There's a uh, forearm guy. Um, <laughs> can't remember his name. Cyberfuck or something. <laughs> Cyberfuck. <laughs> um, that sounds like it could be an oh, early yeah, 90s for sure. image Oh, name. man. Oh, I, I, people have parodied image to death, but mm-hmm. it would be really funny to do like a... Like, like a, just a standalone series that was all new characters that was just rated R, like not through Marvel or DC, so you could just do whatever and uh-huh. yeah, do like cyber fuck and. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Barfnards? <laughs> Blood twat. <laughs> These are all. If you're not familiar with uh, comics, uh, specifically '90s comics, they were very much like edge lordy kind of. Mm-hmm. A lot of blood, a lot of uh, scantily clad women with impossible proportions, guns, uh, so many guns. Um, like a lot of people have seen uh, late 80s, early 90s action movies. And yes. they, they, they're like, they're so bad, they're good sometimes. Sometimes they're straight up bad. But yeah. it's like that in comics form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of pouches. Oh, so, so many, many pouches. pouches. But uh, but yeah, uh, uh, Deathmate. So mm-hmm. so it's a crossover between the like you said, nascent early image days. Only mm-hmm. a handful of uh, uh, image teams, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, Valiant, mm-hmm. which um, has been around for a long time. 
Yeah, they they went away briefly. Well, I say briefly for like maybe a decade, decade and a half or whatever. Yeah. And then Valiant is around now, but it was restarted without the like acclaim character. So no Solar Man of the Atom, no Tarak, no uh, Sleep Till Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> the only people that you know from <laughs> Valiant. <laughs> Some basically. of those. Um, but yeah, like Exo Mana War and uh, Bloodshot. I almost said Bloodsport. Sport, you know. <laughs> Christ and Rye, which Rye. Bloodshot and Rye. Can we be honest? The, the same guy. One's yeah. Asian, one is not, yeah. or are they? I don't but know. They're both pasty, like white, uh, with a red circle on their chest, mm-hmm. and no irises. Totally different. <laughs> totally different. I don't even know how you confuse them. Have you seen the Blood Bloodshot movie? I have not. With uh, I, I, Vincent I, Diesel, I've heard it's like good bad. Uh, yeah. I'd put it right there. Yeah. I, so I've been waiting for it to come up on a streaming service because I, I don't want to pay for it. I know it's going to be Hell bad. No. It's a Sony superhero movie. No. No. Unless Kevin Feige is involved. No. No. Uh, but I was like, when is this going to show up? I found it on, um, on uh, we, we have like DirecTV stream oh, here or yeah. whatever that we use for cable. And it was, it like showed up on FX. It was going to be on there. So oh. I recorded it off that, off of our like DVR that comes with our uh, direct TV. Yeah. And uh, so I watched it that way. So it was on just like regular TV. It was on FX. But um, Ooh, com- I, FX got commercials. Got commercials. But I gave it the exact amount of respect it deserved. <laughs> so it's like just record. <laughs> it like took me back in the day of like, watching something recorded from tv on a vhs tape or whatever right you know right, you just right. like fast forward through it so i did and like it was it was okay that way honestly like yeah it's certainly nothing to like actively seek out but if you come no. across it it'll probably show up on netflix i think uh sony has a deal worked out with netflix for like oh, okay uh i'm surprised it hasn't shown movies. up already yeah me too because it wasn't like it was like a blockbuster movie that uh, is going to go on like HBO Premium or mm-hmm. anything. Well, they they worked out a deal with Netflix and then also Disney Plus to where like Netflix has uh, I think it was like for movies that came come out in like 2021 or beginning 2021. Okay. There was like an 18 month window for it to be right. on Netflix and then it goes to Disney Plus. Because like the Spider Man movies mm-hmm. are eventually that, gonna. That's like the end game for Disney Plus, right? Um, but. Uh, that also means that like Bloodshot's going to end up on Disney Plus at some point. That's wild. Yeah, and it's not like uh, Blood Bloodshot is a wildly violent movie or anything like that. Not any more so than a lot of other like stuff. Deadpool, but it's just which it, is on Disney Plus. Yeah, now. on Disney Plus uh, along with Logan. But um, I don't know. It is it is kind of strange to see some of those movies show up there. It's it's still a little bit strange to see like Fox movies show up on Disney yeah. Plus. But you know, I'm I'm kind of glad it's there, I'm, and I'm. I know a lot of people were up in arms about Logan and the two Deadpool movies showing up on Disney Plus. Up in arms? How? Um, like uh, upset about it? Yeah, you know, like a, a bunch of the. They call themselves One Million Moms, but it's like 832 Karens. Uh, they get pissed off about oh, shit like that. Oh. But it's like, it's it's fine. Your your kids are gonna watch it anyway. Honestly, yeah, they like probably rental things on there where you yeah yeah you you just, shit yeah you have to do it yourself. Yeah, fuck moms. Yeah, I want them to just like start adding everything that's on Hulu onto yeah. Disney Plus. I want all the Miramax. I want all the Quentin Tarantino movies on Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, that'd be so rad. <laughs> yeah. That's like the sixth hub is Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. Did you know? I I I heard this the other day. Um, Dogma. Mm-hmm. There's some weird rights issues with Dogma, where. Uh, 
I and I I don't recall. It was kind of a weird, messy deal. But basically, no one wants to claim the rights for Dogma. So mm-hmm. you can watch the whole thing for free on like YouTube, and it will never get taken down. Um, you can like you know torrent it or whatever, and no one really? will copyright strike you. Yeah, uh, it's something to do with um, something to do with Weinstein's, obviously. Um, but no. uh, th- like basically, they didn't want to. If if they were to, I'm gonna fuck this up. If they were to like make a claim to it, then they would basically like owe money somehow or something. Oh, wow. So some weird, yeah. It's some some the movie industry thing. is mm-hmm. full of great people. Yeah. Um, but really, I mean, let's be honest. People say that, but are people in Hollywood any worse than like <laughs> like people? In the town that we grew up, for example, mm-hmm. like uh, those people were pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, oh, Hollywood's full of creeps and perverts and weirdos. I'm like, well, yeah, so it was like the small Oklahoma town that I grew up in. Like, it's just that when it happens uh, in Hollywood, like everybody hears about it. When it happens mm-hmm. down the street or out in the middle of the country, nobody hears about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think I don't think Hollywood's like a den of sin or anything like that. People mm-hmm. make it out to be. Yeah, like you said, not any more than usual. Um, right, but I mean, like, look before you. Everywhere you see is creeps and weirdos and perverts, Simba. <laughs> One day it will all be yours. <laughs> That's right. All these weird perverts. <laughs> that is your casting couch. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, so so Deathmate, yada yada. Oh, yeah, Deathmate. Uh, we, uh, I, uh, yeah, incomprehensible. <laughs> incomprehensible. They the the issues aren't sequentially numbered or anything like that. It starts with. Uh, I guess it's just like cold epilogue or whatever. Yeah. It's like a silver one. Yeah. But they're, the issues are like color numbered. Like they're yeah. CMYK. Yellow, red. There's a black. Mm-hmm. Blue. Silver. Yeah. And it fucking, like you put them in order for me. Mm-hmm. But even then I was still like, this does not make any fucking sense. The order I put them for you was like what I thought worked best because like beforehand I looked it up to see like the proper reading order right and there are a lot of just like it was like if you could see kilobytes just shrug their shoulders <laughs> like online that's what it looked like uh-huh. because it's like there's it's like well it's meant to be read in any order it's like I guess like yeah because it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense <laughs> regardless but like it's just such like poor planning like there are all types of intercompany crossovers. Yeah. That uh, sometimes they're just like a single issue, but they make sense within that narrative, you know? Right. Within that, like sixty pages or whatever. Um, but this is just. It and when make we sense. say it's incomprehensible, I don't mean like it's just weird or it's like bad writing or like it is literally like I w- I challenge someone to explain to me the narrative story within those comic books. There mm-hmm. is none. Yeah. Like I know there's like Void and Solar. I guess like like galactic fuck or something. They, like, they meet and then immediately fall in love. Yeah. It's not just that they fuck. It's that they are like head over heels. And then that other. smushes the two universes up except like not really. Yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. And like it's weird because there's not like there's not like normally in a crossover or in an event series you have like one character or a team of characters that you follow through so you can kind of like experience everything along with them. No, no. There's like no. You would think, oh, hey, Solar and Void. Mm-hmm. Surely they will be like part of. No, 
you check in with him every once in a while. That's maybe like a B or C plot or something, but no. If that. Like, <laughs> it's not even it, that. Oh, my God. It is so... And then there's like, uh, like what is it, Yoshida or something? Uh, the... Uh, the Harbinger. Yeah. But like... Guy, yeah. you They kind of are building it up... The, and this is, I'm sure, great radio. Uh, they build it up to to make it seem like, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be the thing, mm-hmm. and then it, that is dropped, and just never mm-hmm. referenced again. Yeah, each each of the regular issues has like, I think maybe what like three or four stories in it, like maybe like eight pages each or some six eight pages. Right. Um, but they like feature like a crossing over of like a couple of characters, and then they have yeah. their little story, and then they're done. But it doesn't build to any. It doesn't resonate with the rest of the story or no. the other stories related to it. There's no impact on it. No, it's no. never followed up on, and it doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, and then things like, contradict each other constantly. Oh yeah, yeah. I just kind of read through it to just say I did it. And <laughs> right. I, like honestly, overall, I'm glad I did it because oh, it's sure, yeah. it's wild because I had no idea of how bonkers a story like that could be. Truly, and now I know. And then what is it? Uh, the the uh, black issue came out like a year after the final issue uh one of those yeah like one of the the middle issues came out after the the quote-unquote end of the series right yeah Mm -hmm. but even with even if it had come out in sequential order it was still would not have made sense yeah like once it came out it's not like people read it were like oh now i get it yeah so so basically picture like if you have issues one through six and you you release one two three four and then you release issue six, mm-hmm. and then a year later you release issue five. Yeah. Is basically what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the art is like, I mean, obviously Valiant art is, it's a particular style. The coloring in Valiant comics in the eighties and nineties is you you could pick it out of a lineup like immediately. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something so specific about that Valiant coloring. It's so boring to look at to me. So like boring. the the coloring is. Um, uh, it looks it's like uneven it's unevenly colored yeah. like the 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 color ink doesn't stick to the page properly or something it bleeds and it looks like somebody colored it with like uh like they only had like five markers to color <laughs> yeah. it with. they they had five markers that they got from <laughs> yeah. like the dollar store they hooked up to an airbrush water soluble so it like bleeds <laughs> out and doesn't look good yes that yeah the, wild the bleeding out it just looked it just looked bad i know people so bad there's like a hardcore audience for some of those old like classic valiant stories <sighs> and i had like after i read Deathmate, i was like i think i have ninjack number zero somewhere and sure enough i had it on this like spinner hey. rack that's behind me i was like okay let me give this a shot because that's like joe casada who's like yeah. a legendary artist ran Jimmy marvel Palmiotti? for a long time is, yes yeah uh is he the he, anchor he, he or he the writing uh no they, they both did the art so okay casada did the pencils palmiotti did the inks and then i don't remember who wrote it maybe like denny o'neill I don't know. Oh wow! But oh, like, that does sound right, actually. Yeah. I uh, I read it. And I was like, oh, this is not for me. Like the yeah. art is beautiful, but like the Boy, rest of it. That, that early Joe Casada art is mm-hmm. something else. Mm-hmm. Even in this Deathmate series, like the few <laughs> the few pages he did are fucking gorgeous. I think he had like Supreme in there or whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't matter. I didn't mean it to sound dismissive. No, no, it's just no like for it there, there's so many characters in there. There's like a shadow man that shows up, and like before oh, yeah. before you shadow see him man, in costume, it, it shows him like playing a saxophone in a club or whatever. <laughs> yeah. it's like. And there's like a few valiant characters that I know. I don't honestly, for as big of a nerd comic book nerd as I am, I valiant is is a pretty big like blind spot for mm-hmm. me. Um, like I know the Turok stuff. I know like. 
Um, I think I've read a couple Solar comics. Um, I don't think I've ever read Harbinger. I, but I kind of know some things about Harbinger. It was like supposed to be like X-Men kind of. A little bit, but like uh, Profe- Professor X is evil because he's Asian. Right, of course. Pieces of shit. It was the, it was the 90s. We were afraid of <laughs> Japanese people. Yeah. Luckily, that stopped. But there's a ton of uh, valiant people in there that I don't know who the mm-hmm. fuck they are. Yeah. And they seem to be the prime. You would think, hey, let's put our, our most popular characters in the forefront here. Mm-hmm. No, no. They put people no one's ever heard of there solar just disappears yeah i mean like when valiant relaunched and i think it was like 2011 2012 they had some like they did it right like they they did like four books to start with and uh they but i think it was over the course of four months as well so they had like exo man of war was the first one yeah then like the next month they had issue two of that and then also whatever other series and then yeah. they, you know, for four months, they just did that. And they were, like, good. Like, I read them, and I really enjoyed them. They had, like, a nice momentum to them. Art was good. Story was good. All of that stuff. Do you think Exo Manowar would be, is the most difficult character to draw? <laughs> or the most annoying, rather? Probably. Not difficult. Most annoying. He's like, Google Exo Manowar, and uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll make a note to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, put a picture. To, to put a picture up for people who refuse to do that. And so I, enough I of that bullshit. It. We've been talking about Valiant for 20 minutes. Um, today, on the episode of the Nudist Colony, we yes. are talking about the, I guess, the first uh, wide release, mm-hmm. I should say, of uh, Incubus. Uh, yes. Science. S-C-I-E-N-C-E. Uh, which stands for... Sailing catamarans is every nautical captain's ecstasy. That's one of the like mini titles they've come up with because it doesn't actually stand for anything. Okay, it's just something they like fuck around with or whatever. Okay, but like the uh, I I read. I guess we're just gonna get into it, right? Oh yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Okay, whatever. Fuck it. So uh, yeah, Uh, so I guess like the title science relates to them being able to experiment so much in the studio. Yeah, and uh, like you were saying, like. This is not their first, I guess, technical, or technically speaking, this is not their first album. They had one before this called Fungus Among Us, but that was more like funk metal, and it was it was like... And Enjoy Incubus, both. That was like an EP, right? So that was like once right, they got signed but, to a, a major label. Yeah. Um, but this is like their first like new metal album. Wide release. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah so i guess they thought whenever they signed with uh was it epic immortal that they were going to like have all these restrictions and be like babysat and told like what to do and what type of material to record yeah but they said that wasn't the case they were just kind of let loose and able to do what they wanted it shows it's it's a lot of creativity a lot of unique Mm -hmm. stuff on this album yeah um one thing that that wowed me that I was pretty shocked by, they signed a seven record deal. I saw that. That is wild. That to me. is yeah. seven records. They like really believed in them. They did, which is crazy. Yeah, and because I mean, like it paid off. I mean, like, have you listened to Fungus Among Us? I've heard like oh, a yeah. couple of songs. I, oh, I, I've, I've listened to that album a lot. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's like fairly funky. Like uh, this yeah. album has some like funk stuff on there, but that is like. That was a lot of like groove and funk yeah. stuff on those. So the record label really saw that and they were like, okay, we, we like this. And yeah. Then they put out science and then they put out like make yourself and then morning view, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. they, they went from like being some like, eh, like stoner rock quote unquote to being like, like I've said in the past, they 
Like current Incubus sounds like a Mai Tai on a flip flop, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so so my wife is super into Incubus, oh, um, but okay. she's not as she she likes the early stuff, which mm-hmm. is what I prefer. Mm-hmm. But uh, she likes some of the later stuff, mm-hmm. uh, like Make Yourself and um, Morning View and um, Crow Left of the Murder. Mm-hmm. Um, which honestly, uh, we've been listening to them a lot lately, mm-hmm. um, and I really enjoy some of that later stuff. I kind of like wrote it off because I was more interested in the old stuff, mm-hmm. but really. Um, they did some really good stuff in there. Uh, and Brandon Boyd is an incredible singer. Mm-hmm. Like he, I think I would argue he's probably the best new metal singer. I mean, just like as far as, I mean, maybe Lejean from seven dust is like right there with him. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Brandon Boyd's voice is just, mm, it is good. You know, it, it is very good. It is very good. And he has a lot of range and yeah. it, he can, he can kind of yell. He can, uh, sing softly, but he has like a bass to his voice as well. Like yeah. he could sing like sexy low, that type of thing. You know, yeah, not like Barry White, but you know, he's, he's got some nice bass. But um, uh, I was really impressed with that. And then also, he has this thing with his voice where it's like in an alternate reality version of Brandon Boyd, he sings just a little bit too high, like at the back of his throat, and he gets nasally. You know what I'm saying? He's like yeah. on that fence, but he never like crosses over. He he has fucked up his voice. Um from from doing exactly what you're saying uh from from really belting out on those high notes and and really like scraping the edge of what his register is his upper register and he he can sing some high notes without going into falsetto really high notes hell yeah dude and i mean as you get older your voice especially if you're a singer you know you're blasting your voice out all the time um Mm -hmm. and uh yeah he's really uh his voice has taken some damage um and so he's had to kind of narrow his range a lot in uh some of the newer incubus stuff which I, i i tried listening to some of it and it's not bad but it's not like there's just there's so much inventiveness in this album. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to hit us with the uh, with the with the up top stuff? Let's do it. Up top stuff coming at you. Science <laughs> by Incubus released September 9th, nineteen ninety seven. So we're like almost there in time. Today is August third. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. So we're we're almost neck and neck with this some bitch. Yeah. Um, it was on uh, Epic and Immortal was the other uh, record label. Personnel. Brandon Boyd, the aforementioned vocalist mm. of this band. He also mm. does percussion. Let me kiss you, Brandon Boyd. Mm. <laughs> he, uh, he plays the djembe drum. Is that how you pronounce that? I have no idea. I'm going to let you say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> canceled. You're canceled. <laughs> well, that didn't take too long. Uh, of all things to be canceled for. Damn. <laughs> I didn't try hard enough. Djembe honshu. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike... Isinger, uh, who does guitar and backing vocals. Dirk Lance. Hey, Dirk, Dirk. Lance. Not even a, a real name, nope. but you know what? I kept it in there. His name was out there somewhere, but I like Dirk Lance. He yeah, plays bass, and my God, he plays the shit out of a he fucking bass. He is a damn good bassist. He's fucking great, man. Like Incredible. I was I was legitimately bummed when he left the band, because I just thought his work yeah. was so good. Yeah. He was so distinctive, especially in a band like this, where there's so much going on, especially on this album. Um he stands out. He's like one oh, of the yeah. driving For factors. Sure. Um, DJ Life. Here we go. DJ Life. Uh, <laughs> turntables, keyboards, and this is his second and final recorded material with <laughs> Incubus. Uh, the first one being the Enjoy Incubus EP. Um, I like his work a lot. I think he is yeah. an incredible turntablist. And to me, he put the most effort into 
the most obvious effort into an Incubus album. Like you can hear it. There's so much yeah. scratching on this album. Uh, there's a lot of keyboard stuff on here as well. Mm-hmm. When I was going back and I've listened to this album uh, through, I don't know, maybe like five or six times yeah, uh, since the last time we recorded. And I was picking up on some other stuff. You know, I was researching it and uh, one of the reviewers for this album at the time it came out said there are elements of like house music in there. I was like, house music? I was like, what are you talking about? And then I went back and I listened to it and I, I have a note on here uh, when okay. we get to it. But I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Because I was this thinking is- of... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, when I think of house music, I think of the boom, 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 just like that. Yeah. That yeah. monotonous beat, you know? <laughs> but uh, it was more to it than that. So I, I appreciated it. It's, um, uh, it's one of those albums where I've heard it so many times, like that it, it just like, it, it kind of, if you were to tell me like certain elements of it, I'd be like, huh? because it it like all (laughs) it all blends together for me because i've heard it so many times yeah so like yeah there's certain out like the like the djembe or whatever you say Mm -hmm. um like i i kind of forgot that's in there even though i've heard this album probably a hundred times or more yeah and that uh thing we were talking about um it was mike isinger who said that you know the the reason the album's named science is because of the experimentation they were allowed to do yada yada and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it, yeah, I guess there is a lot going on on this album. Like, it's it, a lot. This album just sounds like it sounds to me. Like, right. I've lived with this album for 20 something years. Like, it just, yeah. it just sounds the way it sounds. So, I'm very curious as to, uh, like, our listeners, if this is the first time you're listening to this album, what do you think of this? Like, yeah. Cause this be is interested. Like, if people are used to listening to, like, Corn or Limp Biscuit or you know, Slipknot, something like that, and you hear this, what do you think about this? Yeah. You know, good call. I feel like this this album um, would stand up to the nostalgia test better than some of the other ones that we've done. Admittedly, like al- like like the first Corn album, which I have a huge nostalgia hit for, um, but I could see where somebody for the first time listening to it would be like, eh, I don't really enjoy this. But I, I genuinely think that if somebody had never listened to this album, went back and listened to it, and this is in the circle of kind of music that they enjoy, mm-hmm. that they would love this, yeah. um, that it wouldn't take much effort to, for somebody to get into this at all. But we can both agree that Head P.E. album was like top notch. Oh, uh, no. first listen, I was rock hard. <laughs> I was shooting ropes. <laughs> Sling those webs, spider hell yeah, dude. Ropes. Um, and then finally, Jose Pasillas, the second. Uh, I don't, it doesn't say junior. Matter of fact, it doesn't even have the second on there, but I know that's his like, legal name or whatever. Because okay. uh, I filed a petition. I can't even get into it for yeah. legal reasons. <laughs> but he's the drummer. He's the drummist. And yeah. he's fucking incredible. Great. Great fucking drummer. incredible. And we'll, we'll get into the sound They're of the band. They're all really great musicians. Everyone's working at high fucking levels yeah. on this on this uh album uh additional musicians are jeremy wasser who does who does saxophone yes uh, on summer romance parentheses anti-gravity love song uh charles waltz is credited with violin i'm not sure where that violin comes into play uh i've listened to this album a few times and maybe (laughs) it's i don't know i just can't find it and then the album is produced by jim wirt w-i-r-t uh and i was like has this guy produced anything else and he's like yeah, he did the Enjoy Incubus EP, and then like Make Yourself, and that was the, his his like biggest stuff. There, he did some like other albums for for people, but I feel like Incubus is his his biggest work for work. But the last Incubus he did was Enjoy, or was uh, Make Yourself. I believe so. Yeah, huh. from what I could find. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I wonder how that happens. Like, because that was a huge album. It was mm-hmm. a fucking huge album. Yeah. 
and then he just didn't do anything. Well, I mean, nothing else of like a uh, 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 note, I should say, rather, right? Like, like I'm sure he's produced other albums, but nothing probably on that level. Um, that's in- interesting. Uh, fun fact: um, Good old uh, uh, DJ Life. Are did, are you aware of some of the behind the scenes with this uh, this character? This, this here? character. Uh, I've I've uh, I know I know some things. <laughs> I know some things. Okay. Yeah, he um, apparently like uh, has sued has sued the band for I guess uh, for money um, money he feels he's owed. Um, uh, also the new, uh, DJ, uh, DJ Kil- Kilmore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, has filed a restraining order against him because he keeps harassing him online. Yeah. And like, there's something that happens at the end of this album that relates to, to DJ yeah. life. That's, uh, we'll, we'll get into it when we get there. But, uh, um, that was a joke between you and I for a long time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like. I I love his work on this album so much. Like yeah. I, uh, when I was playing in bands, I would listen to this album to be inspired for like oh, what wow. to do with turntable stuff. Especially when you and I were uh, in our most recent band, Swagzilla. Oh yes, don't take that name. We'll <laughs> 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 sue you. <laughs> DJ Life on your ass. <laughs> but um, there was like so much work that I love of his. But then like he just seems like a scumbag. Yeah, like, I don't. Seems like kind of a piece of shit. And like nothing against. Their current DJ, D, uh, Chris Kilmore, but uh, Craig Kilborn. Craig Kilborn. <laughs> he hosted a late night show. He took some time off from the band. Yeah. But uh, I like his work as well. But and he's an incredible DJ. If you ever see him like live or whatever, uh, there's yeah. some YouTube videos of him scratching, and he's just as fucking good, if not better. But it, you just don't hear it on the album. Yeah, and that's really all I have to go off of. But uh, yeah, there's no reason to like harass him over I know. like yeah. he. Uh, old uh, DJ Life got fired like mid tour, in like I think '98 they said, yeah. and then they brought in um, Kilmore, and he's been with the band ever since. Right? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, uh, Dirk got fired as well. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah. What, if he, he got, got fired, fired post, um, I believe it was uh, post Morning View. Yeah, that would have been. Um, and uh, they cited some creative differences and I guess he said um, in some interviews uh, more recently that uh, he was just kind of a, he was just kind of a jerk back then and was drinking a lot and uh, it was just not a good fit. Um, the band does have a different sound. I mean, they, they go through multiple sounds, but uh, his first album was Cro- uh, the new bassist. I cannot recall his name, but uh, Crow left of the murder, um, which took me some time to get into, but like, it's honestly a really interesting album and he's an amazing bass player. Um, I've seen Incubus live multiple times. Um, I saw them with Dirk and without Dirk. Um, and both times, you know, there were, uh, bass solos, you know, where they would, uh, let, you know, everybody kind of gets their own little, you know, solo time. But, uh, but I'm, I, as a bassist myself, I can really appreciate that. And I, I love the fact that they, even though they're, they have very different playing styles, like Dirk mm-hmm. is much more of like a funk kind of fast up-tempo like metally bass player and mm-hmm. the new bassist is a lot more of like um kind of like a like a classic bass player um but still he has like a powdered wig incredible yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah founding father yeah he uses uh, a, a bow across the, the strings <laughs> yeah. um I, I i said wrong i did wrong and i'm sorry uh jim wert he did not produce make yourself that was scott lit dude um oh, with incubus so jim wert did fungus among us uh, enjoy Incubus, that EP, and then Science. So this was his okay. last album with the band. 
So so he he was helping with the funk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He brought in the noise, and they. Brought are, in the are, funk. Is that the only things he's produced? Uh, all the like biggest stuff that I can find. Okay. Yeah, like his name doesn't even have a hyperlink on Wikipedia. Ooh. So it's like, is it is it like even worth it, dude? <laughs> but yeah, it is because this album is is fucking great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm. Fan fucking fantastic. Uh, I, I did come across something. Apparently, Getty Lee from Rush is a really big fan of this album. Well, I can see why everyone should be. It should. Goddamn right. Yeah. Jesus um, Christ. Do you <laughs> like this album? No. I guess I'm going to hell. I forsake thee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This whole thing was recorded in six weeks. That is insane, right? With like the amount of experimentation, because yeah. like if you've ever been in a band before, uh, <laughs> or you, or how about this? Like you don't even have to be in a band. You just have to be like with your friends, yeah, uh, people that have like a task to perform. But you're also just kind of like hanging out, you know? Yeah. There's like... Especially in your like early 20s. Yeah. It's like you're probably just going to like chill out for a minute. It's like, oh, we'll get to it tomorrow. Yeah. And then like, you know, like Garth said, tomorrow never comes. I think that was him. I don't know. Uh, sure. Maybe it's Wayne. I don't know. Um, Wayne Brooks. <laughs> and then, and all the guys in Incubus, um, especially for this album, look like very upstanding guys who don't do drugs. Yeah. I was shocked when I found out otherwise. I uh, <laughs> couldn't believe it. I was like, but you guys have... Dirty mustaches. <laughs> the, you have the t- out of, top five dirtiest mustaches. Speaking of dirty mustaches, I remember when you. <laughs> I remember when you first got this album. Oh, I thought um, you were going to say when I grew a mustache. <laughs> I was like, damn. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you when you first got this album, uh, you called me because we were both. Um, I think they were playing um something on the radio from this like oh new skin new skin mm, that's yeah. right new mm. skin um and you called me and were like uh you're like man i got the i got the cd and it's got a picture of them it's like oh what do they look like you're like i think they might be the ugliest band ever <laughs> which cracked up, me up, up to that point because uh brandon boyd is a let's just say it he's a fucking hottie he is like he had these long ass dreads at the time, and he had this like w- only Little, a mustache. Yeah, so he looked as like weird and pervy. He looked weird. Yeah, yeah like, for sure. Uh, I see where you're coming from with it, but it's just funny because he later is, you know, like the hey man, hindsight's twenty twenty, brother. I got these glasses on for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah, dude. I got my side on his hand. If you yeah. know what I'm saying? Hey man, hell yeah, dude. Looking at that butt. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see, let's see. Uh, this album was recorded at 4th Street, recording in Santa Monica, California, like you said, in six weeks. Evidently, it was like a smaller recording studio, but they seemed like they had a blast there. Oh, yeah. They were able to do what they wanted to do. They had a didgeridoo there. They had these <laughs> little, like, weird drums. They had, like, um, like my en- entire view of this album, even though I've heard it, like, 1,000 times, yeah. was changed by reading that Wikipedia art- article about the name of the album and why it was named as such because yeah. it really makes you listen to all the different uh, guitar effects that are on there and like, like, I don't like just thinking on it after the fact, I'm like, okay, so they had this distortion pedal on it. They had this face pedal, you know, what all, whatever. But yeah. like, they probably like fucked around for a while to find that sound they were oh, going for. for sure. And it's like, it changes from song to song. Sometimes it's not always distortion on the guitar. It's, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I, I just really have an appreciation for you go back and you listen to a cold chamber or you listen to a snot or you mm. listen to a, what was the one that we just did? That head, was bad. PE. head PE. Yeah. Uh, where it's like the, they do not uh, uh, deviate from like two or three guitar effects <laughs> like yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, on this one, they really, you can tell, they really got to play around with and just do whatever they wanted to. Um, it, it's it's a, just such a unique sounding album. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Like it stands, but like, I guess if you're not familiar with listening to harder music, maybe this kind of blurs in with some of the other stuff we've talked about, you know, I guess. Yeah. But like, if you are in it, this album sounds so wildly distinct to yeah. me. Like when I, I hear music from this album, it looks like the color blue in my head that the album cover is. Like I see that. I, I think we've talked sure. about this before, but I've, I've got like synesthesia. Yeah. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Is that like when they put you under? Okay. Um, but uh, Anastasia. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like this, the, the whole thing, the whole body of work just is significant to yeah. me. Um, the, to support the album, the band had to uh, tour with 311 and Sugar Ray. So there is a little bit of McGrathiness in this, yeah. you know, nothing with McG, but McGrath. McGrath poking his head in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know that they're friends. Hey, you guys just want to fly? <laughs> Would you watch a video of uh, Mark McGrath and Brandon Boyd making out? Oh, I thought you were going to say like hardcore fucking. I was like, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. well, that too. Yeah. I, I was going to get there eventually. Oh, yeah, of course. I was working up to it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I've heard of this. Uh, I did read that uh, Brandon Boyd's uh, girlfriend apparently cheated on him while they were on tour. Yeah, man, that's a bummer. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well then he shaved his mustache yeah. and people were like oh he's a beautiful beautiful man i mean she feels like a dumb ass. oh my god can you imagine yeah holy shit man uh it's like this guy's not going anywhere <laughs> did you know that nick hexham from 311 used to date uh nicole scherzinger from the pussycat dolls yeah that's what amber's about holy shit amber's about her and her energy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a euphemism for her pussy electricity. Oh, okay. I was way off. I have to. I have to go back and listen to that. <laughs> I have to go back. Um, let's talk about the album sales. Um, so th- the sales weren't like outstanding on this, but they did like sell a little bit as they were touring. Um, primarily, the the plan for the marketing was for the band to make money touring and build up a fan base that way instead of like airplay, which makes sense. It, I, they're they're really great live. Yeah, having seen them multiple times, they are a fantastic show live. Um, especially when they were younger, like they, oh yeah, you know, and that's not to say that they're not good now. I don't, I haven't seen any of their modern like live performances, yeah, but like I don't know, it's it's just all of us are getting old. Like yeah. you know, it's not. It's like when you would go uh, to like a state fair and your dad's favorite band was playing, <laughs> and you're like, oh really? So you were like this all in on Fog Hat, and then <laughs> okay, all right, they just seem like a bunch of old dudes to me, but okay, okay, pops. Um, but yeah, so uh, they. Um, the album didn't do stellar, <laughs> uh, but uh, eventually uh, the album sales would increase because Make Yourself, their follow-up album, yeah. did very well. It had like breakthrough success Huge. In, uh, in, with like people. And uh, so like people would like go back and buy this album. Yeah. Uh, just, that I don't know to if be that was a mistake the, or what. Like, like that happened with Korn, that happened with Limp Bizkit, mm-hmm. um, where their second album was huge. Mm-hmm. And then people went back to their first album, Deftones, yeah. uh, went back to their first album. And then like that bumped up the sales numbers yeah. big time. Cause it's funny. Cause like, I think they said like a hundred thousand were like the initial Somewhere album there, sales yeah. before make yourself you come out. Uh, I, th- I think that good in today's world. Like if you sold a hundred thousand <laughs> albums today, mm-hmm. fucking phenomenal. But back then, yeah, that wasn't, I think it was like a hundred thousand, but that was combined sales of this album plus enjoy incubus. Oh wow. Like the EP plus the album. Yeah. Um, so again, uh, not fantastic, but eventually they, they 
sold albums of this. And then uh, Science would eventually be certified gold with over 500,000 units sold in the U.S. So pretty good. good. Uh, I I feel like our listeners... We can hey, with a hey, streaming numbers counting the sales, we can bump that up to an easy mill and a half. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> um, this album's uh, release was predated by their collaboration with DJ Greyboy on the song Familiar from the Spawn soundtrack, which was released July 29th, 1997. Oh my god, someone says, if I can hear it now. What is that? Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Love that uh, G-Funk synth oh on there. God. That's yeah. so fucking rad. Super good. Do you think Head P.E. heard this song and they're like, oh, that's what they... They're like, Hillary Clinton's got a fat ass. <laughs> I keep I keep playing that over and over in my head. I can't get it out. Oh, my God. Like, we recorded that that episode. Yeah. And then, like, I had, uh, uh, through nefarious means, I had acquired the audio that we played at the end of that Head P.E episode yeah and so it was like stuck in my itunes library by the time i went on vacation <laughs> that following week so i like i would pull up some music to listen to on the flight uh, right to to mexico and i lo and behold i saw like the 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 screenshot <laughs> of the head pe guy staring at me in that white makeup <laughs> like oh fuck i forgot to delete this contacts yeah but uh, this song, uh, like we said, is from the sounds, uh, sounds, the, the sound spawn track, uh, the spawn soundtrack. Uh, it's a collaboration with DJ Greyboy. Song is called Familiar. And uh, a long time ago, you and oh, I man. did an episode of Let's Talk About Stuff, episode number fifty-two. Hey, the new fifty-two. Yeah, if I uh, believe that's correct, not it is because we're nerds, and that's my association with that number. It's, <laughs> yeah. I'll die on that hill. Uh, but uh, we covered the entirety of the spawn soundtrack yes. and the movie itself, but. Uh, we went track by track on that, and uh, this was one of our, our favorite songs. This is one of the oh, best songs on the album. For sure. Yeah. I love this song. Mm-hmm. His voice is just pitch perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, they started a movie trilogy on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all based on Brandon Boyd. All of it. Look it up. Based on Brandon Boyd. Mm-hmm. Who's in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> Anna Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a rebel well, uh, Wilson yell. She cried. Mo, mo, mo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... I think I... No, I don't think I've seen it. I oh, my God. things about it or something. Dude, or I don't like musicals at all. I fucking love the Pitch Perfect trilogy. Really? It's a Universal Studios franchise, oh, okay. meaning that the movie... Like, the first movie is... Like, the story is the story. It's a classic story. We've all seen it. Acapella groups in college competing for championships. Tale as old as time. Oh, song as old as rhyme, literally. And uh, by the time you get to the third movie, they're on a spy mission. So other properties owned by Universal Studios. Wow. The Jurassic franchise, Fast and Furious, <laughs> others. Like, they, yeah. they, they're all just franchises like, you are making a motion picture, you know? That's the thought. It's like, we're making a movie here. It is. The characters do what they do now. <laughs> Dino De La Renta? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. It's good. They're fun. But, uh, yeah, th- this whole album, I think we're going to have to do a whole episode We're, we're, we're going to have to go back to it. Just, yeah. People are just going to have to deal with it. If they've yeah. already listened to the l one. Well, we've got, we've got uh, plans in place to watch the director's cut of Spawn with an additional, like, two minutes or some shit <laughs> yeah, like that. Hell like, yeah. Hell yeah. Before, (laughs) people don't know this, but before we like air the first episode of Nudist Colony, you and I had talked about doing 
what we would now call like a hidden track episode or whatever on yes. like the Spawn director's cut. And yeah. so you went out of your way and you bought like the Blu-ray, yep. I think, right? I bought so the Blu-ray. You've been sitting on this for a it, minute. I bought it and then forgot that I bought it. <laughs> and then it showed up and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Someone tried to kill me. <laughs> Uh, because I bought it like used and if you buy them like mm-hmm. used on Amazon they come through like a third party seller so it was like yeah. it took like a week or so to get there so I like totally forgotten that it mm-hmm. was coming and then <laughs> just so confused I'm like it took me a second I was like oh yeah I did buy this didn't I you looked at the uh, return label it says from John Leguizamo <laughs> yeah. I, that was one of the best parts and one of the most oh, memorable parts of sure. watching that movie back then is like yeah. Leguizamo was fucking killing it killing it he was just like leading the it's like, oh, you guys want to see some fucking acting? Yeah. <laughs> I'm working through so many layers of prosthetics. I'm, my character is so fat that while I'm standing up, I'm sitting down. <laughs> I'm sitting down inside the suit. No one can fucking tell, dude. Um, They're going to dub in farts all over the place. <laughs> and it's the, still going to be watchable. The, the cheerleading scene. The what? The cheerleading scene where he's like, he's oh, cheering on Spawn. Good Lord, yeah. He's like on top of a bus or some shit. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, we got to watch that. We got to watch it. We got to watch it. We'll get to it sooner rather than later. Um, So the singles from Science, uh, there were three singles. Um, They had some music videos as well. I I didn't watch any of them. I I didn't. I I don't know what it was like. When we did that first Korn album, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch as many music videos as I can going forward. And I've since forgotten to do that every time. Yeah. Uh, But uh, the, the three singles were A Certain Shade of Green, which is crazy that that was the first single because... Yeah. That's like, when I think of this album, I think of A Certain Shade of Green. Um, the second single was Redefine, the uh, album's opener. And then the third single, which is the one I called you about, evidently, was New Skin, which is the one they would play on our yeah. local rock station, C104.5, The Edge. Tulsa's Mighty Rack. Um, not anymore. That had, had a good run. It was um, also, uh, well, well, we'll get to that. We'll talk about that when we get to the song. But yeah, um, but, uh, but yeah we, we already talked about the album title, an, an alternate uh, version of like what do you call that because uh, an acronym is like an abbreviation of like a bunch of words or whatever right but like what is it when you expand an acronym whatever that is you you read off one which was sailing catamarans is every nautical captain's ecstasy uh, there were a few of them that were thrown out that uh, one that i liked was surreal cats and economics never communicate ecstatically <laughs> <laughs> which is true yeah i mean think about it show me one time it wasn't yeah and if you find one, show me three more times or another. Um, but uh, but yeah, so like the, it's kind of like a, a fun thing. I think the Beastie Boys have done that before as well, and that's how they figured out, you know, like Beastie was an acronym initially, and then they just oh, did away with it. It was like right. boys entering animalistic states through inner excellence or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Good pull. Thanks, dude. Thanks for watching, dude. Um, let's talk about the cover art. We got fucking Chuck on this thing. Chuck. Chuck made his debut on the Enjoy Incubus EP. Yeah. And he's just like sitting, he's just like a stone cold fox sitting there, Man. mustachioed as fuck, got his hair 70s out, or 70s out. He's got a fucking, uh, was it like a smoking jacket? Like half has or whatever? Yeah. That got a coffee right, mug. Yeah. Uh, on this looking balling looking balling dude he's got that stark red background you know <laughs> and then on this album it's just a floating ass head just kind of looking up at an angle just with a slight smirk it, you know that's all you need that's all you need <laughs> but instead they also gave us uh, uh his floating head uh i think it's like wrapped in yellow or like it, there's like outlined in yellow or whatever um uh, but his, his floating head is hovering over a dry desert landscape overlaid 
on a part of the period, periodic table of elements. Perfect. Yeah. What? <laughs> Perfect. Show me a, a better album. Best cover. album cover of all time. It's the goat. We can all agree. Cold Chamber, eat my asshole. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the band sound. Um, sound. There was a, a combination of metal, hip hop, funk, jazz, trip hop. I saw thrown out there, um, which is like uh, I guess like I guess my my definition of trip hop is a little bit different, but yeah. I don't know enough to argue with it. But I'll do my best to try and make an ass out of myself <laughs> later. Uh, plus, there's some uh, tribal percussion sounds on there as we've discussed. Uh, we also talked about all five musicians being at the top of their fucking game. Oh. Everyone just like fucking brought it to yeah. this one. There's Sometimes you have a, a, a favorite album you listen to, and you're like, oh, man, I want to hear what their next shit sounds like. And you listen to that next album, and it's like, that's cool, but like, I feel like somebody's like just showing up to record, you know? Right. Like it, but here, I think there there are points on this album where like different band members take the lead. And it's not like yeah. they're the most standout um figure on that particular part of that song, but maybe they're the driving factor. Like, I go For back sure. to... Dark Lance is bass playing a lot oh, for man. this because he's just like he's a, slapping that bass. <laughs> I, I want to say it so bad, but I'm not going to. I know slapping the bass. I'll yeah, just say it like a normal person. But um, like I feel like he's the conductor of the engine, who is also himself of this music a lot of the time. Like he's the driving force. Like hey, that my, was a nonsensical statement, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, he's like. You guys better get on this fucking train because it's going. It is leaving the station. <laughs> you got train, you got to ride with me, dude. Um, but I love the bass tone on this album. Oh yeah. Um, I think a lot of the time it sounds like just a, a an electric bass guitar to me. But there are sometimes I think it's a certain shade of green. There's like this growl to it. Yeah. I don't know if that's just like he's playing lower, or has a different register, well, or what it is. But it everybody, great. I mean, maybe apart from the drums, is is just going wild with the effects, which is good. Like it, it helps the it helps the songs not all sound the same. Cold Chamber, I'm talking to you. I'm gonna keep bringing them up because like th- this is this is the perfect like antithesis of of a lot of those that we've talked about, where it's like we're we're you know six tracks in and you can't tell when the song ends. You know, like, yeah, it like just one bleeds into you're, another. you're listening to it in the background and you're like, oh, fuck, I've already I'm almost done with the album and mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like a song has changed. Yeah. Um, this is like the perfect antithesis of that, because every song has its own unique, uh, like sonic approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotta go, gotta fast. go fast. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Got there at the same time. Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I had something else I was going to say. Don't know what it was. Yeah. Um, but uh, is this the first new metal album with like actual slap bass on it? Because I know Fieldy has tried, but oh. it's like a different, <laughs> it's like a clicky thing. Whereas this, and we'll find out real soon. Um, I think Mega Kung Fu Radio had some slappy bass on there. Did it? Okay. Um, but, and I think Head PE attempted some on like one or two tracks, but th- mm. the first good slap bass. Okay, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like whenever I think of slap bass and like rock music, I think of Peanut from Three Eleven. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. Of course. Uh, and then I think of this. Like I remember the first. Yeah. Like before I owned this album, uh, our friend Rachel, who uh went to school with us, obviously. Um, well, I guess not obviously, but you know, like yeah, she. Okay, so yeah. people know. Yeah. Okay, cats out of the back. She went to school with us. <laughs> yeah. She grew up with us. Same grade. But her cousin, um, Stacy was like a, a year or two ahead of us. Yeah. She had this album 
and she was playing it in the gym like one day for lunch and she's like uh, i think we had like a somebody brought their like stereo or whatever yeah and she played the song or uh, redefined the first song with a slap bass on it. i was like holy shit what instrument is that like i didn't oh, even man. know what that sound was right yeah and she <laughs> yeah. somebody said it was the bass like wow holy shit it's we had not a, low we had a uh we knew somebody named uh mark who played bass yeah, and I was like, I don't. Why is he in your band? I don't understand because like it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> right, like, right, I did. Right. I had no uh, idea of what an actual bass player did because right. a lot of my familiarity with it was just like uh, you play the same thing as guitar. Right. Whereas in this, this is just it's just oh. doing his own thing. Yeah, kind of like a like a uh, uh, Sam Rivers. Um, mm, yeah. Uh, approach where uh, well rather Sam Rivers and Wes Borland where they were playing two entirely different things mm. but making them work together yeah uh, I think that's what, what you see a lot on this album and that's really what a, a good band is supposed to do like yeah. they're not all supposed to just play like straight ahead like they need to all work together and build something up using unique parts and again this album is like the perfect example of that well yeah and especially when you have the guitar the, the moments of the guitar and the bass playing the same thing on this album it's more impactful when it's like every right. now and then versus sure all the time right yeah it just gives it gives it an extra punch um the guitar has a lot of diversity like we talked about there's a lot of effects used He's a great guitarist uh yeah it's just like without the effects just uh, expert guitar playing yeah. uh the drums uh we got the poppy snare poppy snare came to play um, I Uh-oh. what <laughs> canceled what what'd you say i said i poppy oh, okay. <laughs> i thought you said something about a bee and i'm like <laughs> allergic to, i'm allergic to bees but i was like oh fuck oh that was one of the things they did at the resort we had the we had like a little um uh what do you call it like a swim up pool yeah behind a oh, our, cool. our little room we were in and it like led into a lazy river and in it, you would see like these like dead bees and like dead bugs and stuff. Every now and then, I'm like, oh, that's sad. And, you know, I say a little prayer, you know, yeah. to, to Glycon, the one true God. Uh, <laughs> and um, every once in a while, I would see a bee like struggling in the water. Even though I'm allergic, I have no problem rescuing a bee with my bare hands. Yeah. And I'll tell you why because bees got shit to do. Yeah. They are work focused, they have no time for my bullshit. As long as I'm not outwardly attacking them. They're going to leave me alone. There was one time yeah. in my neighborhood, my wife and I were like just walking for exercise. Gross. Uh, and we were walking okay. on, <laughs> we were walking on uh, the sidewalk and we saw a bee walking the opposite direction on the sidewalk. Not even flying. It's just like the bee was like, oh, it's fucking hot. It's okay. Right. Hey, it's hot, dude. Right. OK. I thought so. I thought it was just me. I'm covered in like fur for some reason. <laughs> it's, like, it's weather, right? Yeah, it's fucking. But uh, love bees. Absolutely yeah. love. I love bees so much. I thought about getting a tattoo of a bee. And they make honey, which is fucking delicious. Honey's delicious. They're like trying to keep the. I was gonna say the economy going. I <laughs> guess, but like trying to keep like nature going. I guess is like the only way my I mean, brain could compute. Without bees, we wouldn't have an economy. So you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's the, the most correct thing Wouldn't that's ever been anything, said. Really. I'm, I'm in agreement. Um, but yeah, we have the poppy snare. We've got uh, a lot of precision behind the drumming. There's so much just oh, like yeah. crazy shit like on the drums. Like you would not, I don't know. I, I just feel like some of the, the bands we have listened to thus far in the timeline are fairly lazy on some yeah. of their parts. You know, we oh, won't name sure. names, you know, Cole Chamber, oh, but like <laughs> Head B.E. Uh, like, I don't know. Maybe this is just like, special groups of people this like an elite force of oh, musicians sure. that have come together for this but um you're talking about there are no effects on the like drums which is there's not but to 
uh, compensate for that, there are uh, like break beats played uh, by the yeah, DJ. So, so yeah. they're like recorded drums. Sometimes there are drums played where it's like you've got that um, that like record hiss and like pop sounds that that play across yeah, it. Yeah. So um, even though like the drums per se don't have effects on them, there's like affected drum noises that are like leading to that percussion. Plus like the uh, the tribal drum stuff. That's that's great. Um, we talked about the the vocals a lot already. Uh, I don't know if I have uh, a lot of stuff to say about that that I haven't said already. Um, there's wildly diverse. Uh, the lyrics are good. I finally read the lyrics uh, on like Genius oh, yeah. today, and uh, there's a lot of metaphor there. Sometimes that can be like a little too much. B. Oh my god! It all comes back to the bees. I'm trying to make con- connections here. A connection <laughs> is made. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like the the lyrics a lot. Um, metaphors I didn't find like too pretentious. Like I, I feel like there's just enough for you to kind of think about. You know, yeah. um, there were a couple of songs on here that I read the lyrics to. It was like, oh, I was like way off on what I thought, and yeah. I, I I thought I like had like a, a decent idea of what some of the songs were about. Right. Mm-mm. No. No. Nope. No. I, yeah, no, <laughs> no, dude. And like even some of the lyrics, I was when I was reading them on Genius, I didn't have the music playing, and I was like trying to fit the melody yeah. in there. I was like, how does this work? And then I listened to it. I was like, oh, he's like chopping off syllables of certain yeah, things. And yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I I have no choice. I, I, I'm not going to argue with what their lyrics are. Yeah. Just, they are what hey, they are. Hey. Hey. There's no <laughs> references of rape. Uh, there's fake no, God. There's no out and out slurs. Nope. <laughs> Pretty good so far. So the, Bare minimum. That, yeah. that's, just keep all of that stuff out of there, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the album's total length is 55 minutes, 52 seconds. And, um, yeah, so I, I guess we could just like roll right into it. Right. You want to redefine this record? Let's fuck this bitch Hell up. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Track one. Didgeridoo. Didgeridoo. don't. Oh my God. <laughs> A wild way to begin an album, but oh, yeah. I love it. I, I love that they thought about it. It's like, how are we going to lead this thing off? Didgeridoo? <laughs> Ditchery will. Ditchery done. (laughs) Ah, yeah. Great bass tone in there. Great bass tone. Like, uh, all of the, like, instrumental components are present here, you know? Um, Great use of scratching. Wonderful scratching. Not putting it in where it doesn't need to go, like, sliding it in right where it needs to be. It's, It's rhythmic, but it's also, like, the lead instrument at that point. Got this funk. Ugh. Fantastic. I know you're not the biggest funk guy, but I love this though. Fucking like this works this. for me. Yeah. Absolutely like all day. I gotta listen to this. And I have. Loved it. Talking about Ted Koppel. Ted Koppel. Second album in a row we've talked about a newscaster. Sure. First <laughs> one was uh Brock. What's his nuts from uh, uh, The Simpsons? Oh god. Uh yeah. Brock. Brock guy. Brock guy. Oh man, it's gonna bug me. Uh, I'll look it up gonna bother me as well brock simpson <laughs> yeah the scratching is is it's accenting everything really well mm-hmm. uh, kent brockman kent brockman i didn't even find it but it finally just clicked in my brain yeah man you know i'm not typically a, a fan of scratching uh, a vocal element underneath sung vocals, but yeah. this works for me. This is like a classic hip hop sample. Oh, right. I think it's um, 
DMC from Run DMC saying do it. Because I've got it on oh, one okay. of my scratch records somewhere. And that I'm, makes sense. I came across it on a Run DMC album. It's like, oh, that's where that's from. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're about to get to the fucking goat here. you got to crank it up for the slap bass part. Let's hear it. Beep, beep. Man. This is how they open an album. This is Killer. like... I, 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 how is this not blowing people's minds? <laughs> you begin with a didgeridoo. You have a slap bass. Man, he is just... <laughs> he is lighting that shit on fire, slap, too. Slap bass bridge. You've got like... Expert DJ scratching on it. Because I love like, he just cuts it out and just does a bump, bump, bump. Because people, people on this album know how to like restrain themselves. They yeah. they get to wild out when they need to, and then they're like, okay, I'm gonna walk it back. See, there's a version of that where he could be nasally on the yeah. vocal, but it's not. And no, it's, it's full throated. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't bring this up uh, before because I, I feel like it's just something that we're going to talk about. But this is very much a faith no more, uh, Mr. Bungle. And, and Brandon Boyd admits that his biggest influence vocally was Mike Patton. and The, uh, the Army General. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, if, you, if you go back and listen, especially like Mr. Bungle's uh, like first album mm-hmm. or or the really early Faith No More Mike Patton stuff, um, there, I mean, he's not ripping him off. It's just that he just happens to sound fucking exactly like him. Oh, uh, interesting. But uh, yeah, we, we might, uh, we might, I might send you some Mr. Bungle stuff. I, I was going to say, uh, maybe you should uh, pick out some Mr. Bungle songs and oh, sure. uh, we can do an episode, Gladly. maybe like a hidden track episode. On that, and hell yeah, we you can give like me, uh, maybe like a top ten Mr. Bungle songs that you like or whatever. Absolutely, yeah, we can go over because I have almost no uh, experience with that. I know he did, uh, or they did an album. I guess it was under Mr. Bungle, and like some of the members changed or whatever. But Scott Ian was part of it, and they had this like kick ass fucking loco of this rabbit. Oh, okay, so so that came out last year, year before last, but was actually. Um, so it was it was Mr. Bungle's first album. It was actually I I, I think it, it yeah it predated Faith No More even, um, but it was like thrash metal. Oh wow, okay, um, fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. But um, he doesn't do the typical Mike Patton what you would think of when you think of like early Mike Patton. He's mm-hmm. doing like fucking aggressive, crazy like metal vocals. Oh cool. Okay, um, and like Matt, I don't know if you know Mike Patton has the I think the 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 widest register. Uh, vocal register and like all of rock and roll i believe oh wow no i had no idea. maybe male voice um has like the, the widest vocal range um mm. his vocal range is fucking insane like the man the man he, some people don't like him because he's kind of a jerk but he's like a he's kind of a playful jerk and some people like take that the wrong way i think yeah um Cause he can kind of be a little bit of a dick like <laughs> on stage and like mm-hmm. say kind of asshole things. But like, if you really, you read some interviews, he, he's just kind of fucking around. Yeah. Um, and people take it too seriously. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, I, I would highly, 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 highly recommend going and listening to. So the very first faith no more did actually not, wasn't Mike Patton. I think it was, he didn't come on until the second faith no more album. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, 
his his musical range he's done everything from like thrash metal to like rock to rap to um he's got an entire album of um where he covers like 60s italian like uh uh musical score oh like wow. like yeah. songs from um like 60s italian movies mm-hmm. like he sings them in in italian and everything um he's got an entire album that is do 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 He's a me, Mike Patton. There's an entire album, or well, entire band rather, uh, called uh, I believe it's Tomahawk, and it's it's oh, yeah, all using this. like Native American, um, uh, like chants and, st- oh, and, and instrumentation okay. and stuff. But yeah, but then they use that as like kind of the basis for. I mean, it, it's. It is wild the amount of stuff that this guy has done. It seems like he is wildly experimental, but also oh, people yeah. fucking love him. Like I've heard about him, yeah. like having that stage persona of like being like he's gonna like fucking roast your ass or whatever. But yes. like, yeah. But that's kind of the fun of it, right? A exactly. Bit. Like he, yeah. He, uh, I I would compare him to like maybe Maynard James Keenan from Tool. A, a little, little bit, bit, you know? Yeah. Because like uh, more of an extrovert though. Oh really? Okay, interesting. Yeah. I, I just saw uh, an article that he um, had like uh, they like canceled a tour or something somewhat recently. Faith oh, No really? More uh, because he was having some like issues with mental illness, and he was like, "I've been performing for like three decades and all this shit, but all of a sudden, you know, I was I told the guys like I just can't fucking do it, so wow. he had to like back away and like get a shit right but uh, i think they're gonna probably go back out there or whatever but okay that's i'll give him a call i'll see I'll yeah, 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 I'll I'll um <laughs> uh now back to redefine uh brandon boyd says that the song is about the creation of your own reality in your own world and there was something on the wikipedia page uh that had a quote from him allegedly honestly i don't cite sources i don't care yeah <laughs> no one's gonna listen to this podcast anyway who gives a fuck but he was talking about how um like humans for a long time whenever they would paint on cave walls they would use uh black coal or something like that like it was just painting in black and white like he says in the song and then that's all the humans had and then eventually somebody had color and they're like oh this changes everything you know yeah and that's i guess the approach to the lyrics of the song and i was like oh man that's really cool like it's nice to have a new metal song that is a little bit heady like that but within a relatable means that, i guess that, that kind of seems like they're like the uh they're like the artsy boys of of new metal a little bit them and deftones them and deftones yeah, yeah, yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah um yeah they actually like they don't like musically remind me of the deftones but like the way they approach music reminds me of the deftones like they're very experimental they're very willing to just take crazy uh risks um uh, and, and just do something totally unique Oh, they they absolutely want to both fuck around and find out. Oh yeah, that's their they approach. Mm-hmm. Both. Yeah. Um. Well, that was redefined. Let's move on. Let's take our medicine. Let's take uh. I don't know some vitamins. Uh, I believe it's pronounced vitamin. Vitamin. Track two. Vitamin. Cause I'm British. <laughs> I put on here. This is a great driving song. Ooh, um, yeah. So it makes me want to just like, like get on a back road and just haul fucking ass. Like, right? I was just picturing like being at like a stop sign or a stoplight or whatever, you know? Just like waiting for it to turn green. Oh, Not the yeah. stop sign, but the stop. Uh, maybe they turn green. I don't know. I guess I've never seen one ha- do it. 
So, man, this is the the song I was telling you about with the the house influence, like the house music influence. Okay. Because uh, on the verses, there's this like house music like pad, like you know those like oh, like 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 a Mackay sampler. Right there. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Like it almost sounds like. It's got the. Well, it's like the. <laughs> like I don't know how to how to describe. Of course, it. the listeners could have seen your face. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I do like on the verses that it's just like a spoken word approach to it. You oh, know, it's like right. Uh, again, something that's totally different than a lot of new metal bands do. It's not Dynamics. like rapping. Yeah, it's, it's not rapping. It's just him talking. Yeah, I, that 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 background. Something I never yeah. really. It, it blends with everything so I much know. that I, I I don't think of it as a separate element. I yeah. never caught it before, and now it just like stands out so much to me. Yeah, it's got that great build up and then explode, mm-hmm. man. They keep it like the verses on this album are sometimes quiet. But like so fucking interesting to be like oh, listen yeah. to it, you know. And then uh, we, here we go. We got the Djembe drums coming at you, man. So good with the scratching, mm-hmm. with the echo, with the echo. I'll tell you. Yeah, and I believe that's Brandon Boyd playing the because he, he plays them live. Oh yeah, yeah. like uh, I saw him. Uh, I saw Incubus play for the Make Yourself album cycle. They uh, pitch shifter opened up for them. Go ahead. Okay, this this vocal part right here. I love this. <laughs> I love that part. Uh, but I, I saw uh, them play with pitch shifter for the Make Yourself uh, oh, yeah. album cycle, and uh, I like they had the his like the djembe drum like sitting at the back of the stage. Like, yeah. it was there. It was present. We knew it was going to get played at some point because it was oh, on yeah. stage. And, like, I saw him, like, walk over there to, to that fucking thing at a certain point, like, mid-concert. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's about to go fucking down. Because I don't think they really used that a lot in subsequent releases. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm, I don't know well enough to say. I like Make Yourself pretty well. Not as much as this album, but, like, you know, uh, I, I can't remember what what type of tribal stuff they have on that one but, yeah. uh, they're still pretty experimental on that but nothing like this this yeah. is by far their most like experimental out there album science <laughs> science <laughs> she blinded me with science uh we can move on to track three new skin so i uh was gonna bring this up earlier but um this song was on a game that i had called motocross madness 2 oh um i believe it was in 64 i want to say um, but holy fucking shit. Like it was one of those, like where I would be playing and then the song was, a, would be about to end and I would just hit pause and go back into the menu and like, you could like, restart go it. pick a song. And so I would just like go back and restart it and just play this song over yeah. and over. Cause the song fucking slaps. So when I was at that concert and I saw him put on that djembe drum, yeah, it went into this. There we go. Like I, I, I was like, "Fuck yeah, we're getting some new skin, baby." <laughs> and we, the opposite of a circumcision. That's right. <laughs> Moyles, sit down. <laughs> you just lost your job. 
song just fucking bangs out the gate, man. This song fucking rolls, dude. I don't know why more bands don't use bongos. I don't know. Maybe it's, uh... I don't know. Like, there's certain bands that use other percussive elements, but it's usually just, like, other drums. Like, right. uh, Godsmack does that. I know Ugh. Soli Erna likes... He, he likes to play drums. Uh, <laughs> and then... Oh, you think? That's great. Uh, then you'll love this next one. Imagine Dragons. The entire band is playing drums at several points of their concert. Really? I, I guess. Okay. That's what I've seen on... I'm not going to uh, fact check you. Yeah, don't bother. It's all true. This song makes me want to, like, fucking, like, skateboard or something. <laughs> it, it definitely has the, the energy of wanting you to move. Yeah. Got that slap bass back there. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love this part right here oh. where the DJ comes in, the alternates with the vocals. Yeah. Fucking great. Love it. Oh, I love that transition. Um, how it's kind of like driving and chaotic, and then this part comes in and it just like it's still got the, the, the energy, but it like it kind of just like blows up and just like coats your face, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. It's like kind of anxiety, 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 and then it just releases so good i love it i think this album has like some of the best bridges oh yeah of all of new metal like it because it's just like an entirely different thing you know oh i think i have a note from this yeah this guy he's like a uh he's like a futurist uh writer uh yeah this is a slight paraphrase from a quote from architect futurist inventor scientist Buckminster Fuller from his t- 19, ah. se- 1979 book, R. Buckminster Fuller on Education, page 130. Uh, the actual quote <laughs> begins with out. up to instead of until, but... All you needy uh, heads out there, go check it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, I didn't like fact check it. I was just yeah, like... I was, could be completely this wrong. Sounds, this sounds good to me. It says page 130. It has to be true. Yeah. No real book has 130 pages. <laughs> That's impossible. Um, so, uh, Brandon Boyd said that he attributes the scab, uh, in the song to, uh, the present state of society. The way the scab looks in its worst state is gross and chaotic and horrible. Uh, that's now, but when it breaks away, there's a brand new piece of skin underneath that's stronger than before. Uh, it's like creation out of chaos. And I fucking love that idea. I, I hear it for sure. I didn't, I knew new skin was like a metaphor for something but like I never bothered because I get so wildly distracted listening to the bass and the scratching on this album yeah. that I was like I don't like the vocals or the lyrics are an afterthought to me you know oh hold on I got one more thing to say about this new skin more like new metal oh I'm gonna leave now <laughs> no stay <laughs> that that is welcome here um any other thoughts on on new skin uh no I don't have any more thoughts on it Perfect. Well, let's move on to track four, Idiot Box. So I do have one note on here. Um, Snot had a song called The Box, and it was about how TV is bad. And oh. this is also called Idiot Box. And it's also about how TV is bad. Interesting. So there you go. I've done my job for the day. <laughs> Going home. I love the uh, 
the hip hop drum break here at the beginning. Yeah. It's so good. And then you have like the actual drum, like the hi-hats come in. This guitar. And they just like picked up from it. Yeah. I look, like this this part where it like kind of stutters a little bit, right? Here. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's little things like that that can make a song sound so much more dynamic and better rather than just playing it through those little just just throw something neat in there. Mm -hmm. Do something kind of weird. It's like this scratching here. It's just like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was that was the the note I had as well on the lyrics is uh, they do seem a bit soapboxy about watching too much TV, but yeah. like also I don't know if it's like literally TV because you know every band talked about back then. Just... But I don't know if it's more about believing and doing whatever the media tells you, or or you know what like what that approach is. Yeah, like I don't know why it bothers me if. Uh, What's his nuts from Head B.E. does it versus when Brandon Boyd does it? MC Cud. MC Cud. It is a white face. That's racist, sir. Get out of here, bud. Um, but Buddy. it doesn't bother me as much here, even though I do think it is corny to talk about like TV. Yeah. Because it's all like phones now, dude. Yeah. Give it the times, Incubus. Yeah. You guys aren't even on like TikTok and shit. His voice is so good. Not a complicated melody, but he just makes it interesting. And this is just like a single vocal track. It's not like he doubled up his vocals here or sang yeah. a harmony or anything. Reminds me of Faith No More, early Faith No More a lot his vocals and also kind of the music a little bit oh there's double vocals you're wrong get out of here <laughs> that's overlapping yeah I really love the scratching on this that was great and then this little drop out right here mm -hmm. doesn't sound uh, abrupt or out of place it goes in so well with the rest of the song yeah and until I read that that uh, review on the Wikipedia article I I didn't even think about this like I, I know the different components right. of the song, but it never occurred to me that like it might sound. Uh, I don't know if "out of place" is the right word, but it, it might sound uh, more varied than some people are used to. But again, this is just how this album sounds to me. Yeah. Like this is how it's. This part especially, yeah, got big fake no more energy. That thrashiness. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Open up the bits <laughs> and take a nap. When he does that, wah! like that's the big Mike Patton. This part. Oh God, that is so good, so yeah. fucking tight, toy, so just fun. Yeah, I kind think of that's, bouncy. I think there's a real sense of fun to this album that there's not necessarily on some of the subsequent Incubus releases. Even though I still like them, like uh, I wouldn't call Drive. Even though I like that song, I wouldn't necessarily call it like a fun song, you know? No. There's not really a sense of fun, but I do enjoy it. But like this whole album is like fun for me to listen to. Yeah. It's Front like back. It's all good songs. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's a very popular sample, right? Like that's my man throwing down. Yeah, uh, I feel like you had that. I've I've heard that on this album. End of list. Oh really? I yeah, I don't remember hearing that. Uh, okay, I, I thought you had that as a sample and you used uh, it. Once, there is uh, a different sample that uh, Sid uses on the first Slipknot album. That okay. uh, take that motherfucker. Uh, it's like the end of Eeyore. I've already stopped listening. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> um, Slipknot. Get out of here with that mess. I like Slipknot. I'm kidding. Did you ever see that Conan O'Brien skit? Like. It, they were on slip or I'm sorry, uh, on Conan O'Brien twice. Right. So they, oh, really? they, they were on it the first time for the first album, second time as the second album, Iowa was coming out. Right. And I think it was on that second one that they had a skit immediately before Slipknot played. And, uh, Conan was like, cause he was real good about that. He would like have like his monologue and then he would have the first guest. And then he would like have a, a little like skit section yeah. Then like a second guest, and then the musical guest. Well, like the the skit in between was like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have Slipknot on tonight, but we also have, or we accidentally double booked, and we have before them the Slipnuts, and it was like a guy who came out and he like had a bag of roasted peanuts, he dropped him on the ground, and he slipped. He's like, whoops, I slipped on some nuts as the camera like panned into his face. Or at least that's how I remember it. And I was like, oh, oh shit, is Slipknot going to be pissed off about this? Oh, I'm sure but, they but, Oh, they, like, they, like, took photos with Conan and Andy Richter afterward and shit. I feel like, like I've seen that picture yeah. a lot. It's them, like, in a dressing room or some shit lot, like that. But, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah. And Conan's just like. <laughs> yeah. He's still somehow taller than every person <laughs> in that photo. Um, but, yeah. Uh, any other thoughts? <clears throat> Ooh. Oh, on. Uh, <laughs> There we go. It was, the, it was the microphone. It wasn't my fault. Uh, any other thoughts on Idiot Box? He's deep throating it. Um, no. Cool. No, I like it. I just like it. We can move forward to track five, <laughs> Glass. Oh, yeah. We both did it. We both, we both it. mouthed it. Excellent. Um, Excellent. That I Wonder Why sample is from the song that follows this one, uh, Magic Medicine. We'll get to that in a minute, but um, so it's I wonder why followed by a little porn moan, which is fun as fuck. I had a uh, one of my scratch records had like uh, I, I don't know what you got like a whole like groove trail of just like porn sounds like awesome. hell yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, that's cool. It's fun. People don't do that anymore. People don't put porn sounds, girls moaning in songs. Anymore. Oh my god, it used to be huge. Yeah, unless like Megan the Stallion is doing it. Oh, okay. she's yeah, doing the Lord's true. work, you know. Yeah, God bless her. Support your support your Megan Thee Stallions. I really love the bass line in this song. I, that was my next and only other note in this is uh, sweet bass line drives the song. Oh God, that that vocal melody is candy. I'm gonna eat it. It's very um, soaring. It's like oh, a soaring yeah. chorus. Soaring chorus. Look what that is right there. It's going to be a sample. Oh, I thought it was a guitar. It may be. Maybe they sampled a guitar. But this this bass line... Shouldn't have eaten that edible. <laughs> yeah, little things like that set them apart from so many of other the, the, the bands that we don't like. 
Oh yeah, a little bridges, a little just connective tissue in there. Mm-hmm. Ah, his voice is fucking perfect. It's crazy. If I could sing like anybody, I think it would be like this era Brandon Boyd right here. Interesting. I would sing like Mahatma Gandhi. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've shamed me. Exactly. <laughs> I would sing like the Madonna. Not Madonna, the Madonna. She had pointy tits too. Yes. But hers were natural. <laughs> yeah. Scratching. I like this a lot. Looks good. <laughs> that may be. Yeah, that's got to be a guitar. That's got to be a guitar. I would imagine so. Like some like because he did crazy it with the same rhythm yeah. as the bass. So yeah, it's got to be. Most the bass just played a sample. What? Fuck it. His voice really just elevates a lot of this. Not that it's bad, but like his voice just kicks it up to like perfection you know his voice sits in a range of the song that isn't really occupied by anything else you know what i'm saying like yeah, i feel like the, yeah, the, yeah. the guitar and bass are like especially right here heavier his voice is higher so it's going to set up above that and then the scratching is like even higher at points or or sometimes lower but also sometimes they're mid-range but <laughs> not with, i'm really losing myself in this shit Well, if you want, we can slide on into uh, the next song here. Track six, Magic Medicine. Wait. Uh, sound familiar? Oh, yeah. Speaking of familiar, they did a song with DJ Boy on the Spawn soundtrack. Go and get it. It's good. It's good. (laughs) Is this the first DJ-centric track in new metal? I think so. Because uh, before that, there was Limp Biscuit and Sugar Ray, and that was it. And they didn't have their own standalone tracks. Right. But um, I, I love when new metal bands would do that. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, Joe Hahn got a couple of like instrumental right. tracks for early Linkin Park releases. Wasn't uh, there some Slipknot? Didn't Slipknot have something on the first or second album that was like vocalist, but had a lot of like scratch heavy? Not, not really. There Because. Slipknot stuff was okay, well, fuck me, I guess. Yeah, I guess fuck you. Um, they had like some intros or whatever, but it was just like a bunch of like samples or whatever. Right. But okay. um, they've had some like live stuff where there was like a, a DJ solo. Like if you ever see them in concert, there's a, a live DJ solo, sometimes yeah, a drum solo. I don't know if they do that still or not. So there's just, like so does. many songs. It's 148 guys on the. I just like Wu Tang Clan <laughs> and Slipknot are the same thing now. But uh, yeah, the song has some drum and bass or jungle influence. I, I I used to know the difference, but even even then, I like kind of didn't. I think jungle had more reliance on a on a bass line, which yeah. is like what this sounds like to me. I'm pretty but, sure that's actually dirt playing. Oh yeah, like even still, I, I'm still right. Even still is Nash. Hell yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, so there's the like. Drum and bass with, uh, well, bass. It's such right? a simple bass line, but it's so good. It's got a walk up part right here. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. Eat a 
Um, and then you have uh, some scratched nursery rhymes over the top of it. So uh, maybe a little bit like Shoots and Ladders by Corn Much. <laughs> Derivative. <laughs> F. Heard it before. Sounds just like Shoots and Ladders. Like, I can see late at night, California. Yeah, Annie. You're all smoking some, smoking some gunge. Uh-huh. And you're just vibing out on this right here. Oh, yeah. Like, like the DJ's fucking around and, like, Dirk picks up his bass and just kind of starts fucking around with it. And they're like, why don't we make this a track? Because there's no way they, like, sat down and wrote this. This was probably just a fuck around that turned into a song. Just like a thing in the studio But or I whatever. love it. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, thinking of corn, that reminds me that new metal began with bagpipes, right? So we've got bagpipes there. We've got um, a saxophone later in this album. We've got djembe drums and a didgeridoo. So, like, what if you grabbed all those instruments <laughs> together with your friends, and you're like, we're just start playing music together, and you're like, okay, what are we gonna play? It's like new metal. <laughs> it's just like. I would listen to the fuck out of that. <laughs> that would be Honestly, so fucking wild. I would love that. And, you know, throw a DJ in there. Yeah, fuck You know? Um, yeah. The fucking rat as shit. Rat as shit. Rat as shit. Um, My or, name's Rat as shit. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's favorite Pokemon. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about track seven, A Certain Shade of Green. Oh. Uh. Great to bring the album down with that song. Just a little, little chill out part of it. Oh my god. Get you right in the gooch. The uh get your gooches up. That's why you gotta <laughs> avoid it. Uh the opening guitar riff on the song is so fucking iconic oh, to me. Yeah. I just I hear it in my dreams sometimes. You I want know? a headbang like right now. If I but sometimes it hurt my neck. Like they actually play the song on Sirius Radio on the like metal stations. And I'm oh, like, yeah. wow, holy shit. I'm like I've never heard this beyond just like me listening to it on the album. I've never heard it in the wild before. Right. But like, I hear it kick on with that guitar. I'm like, I know exactly what this fucking is. It's time to start fucking throwing bows. Uh, here. Let's... Great. Just great mix of everybody in there. Everyone. I guess the guitar is not. This is the like growly. Oh, no, in there. This is like the growly bass part I was talking about. 2012? I didn't realize that's what he said till I read the lyrics. Did I? Really? <laughs> I had no idea. No idea. So we're gonna go back to the verses here, right? Like, yeah. I love the way the bass guitar and the drums work off each other. And oh, yeah. is this like a growly sound on the bass? Or is that like? I know that bum 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 bum. Is it just like? That's low? got one, but. But it's not like an effect. It's just like the bass itself. No, he's definitely got an effect on that. Da, 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 da. Oh, okay. I don't think he does when he's slapping, though. So I think he's just swapping back and forth between clean and hmm. probably some kind of uh, compression yeah. effect. Scratching vocals on point as well. Uh, they have the classic hip-hop hoo-ha. 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 Yeah. Bass. I love this. Like it's like disco. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. yeah. So, a certain shade of green is the name of the song, and I thought the song was about 
envy and being envious of someone, like you know, being green with envy and that type of thing. Right. I read their lyrics today, and uh, no, it's not about that at all. Wait. Man, he goes hard. Go, go, go. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, like the, the lyrics make it sound like the narrator is asking why someone lacks motivation. Like, I lack motivation. Huh. <laughs> okay. So I, I could it, relate. Like, it, this is one of those cases where reading the lyrics actually made me like the song more. Yeah. A lot of I, times I, 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 I never, yeah. A lot of times I just don't care. Like, as long as they're not <laughs> yeah. like pro Hitler shit, I, I don't really care. But, right. Um, I know what you mean. But yeah, this is, uh, I would have said back in the day that New Skin was my favorite song in this album, but currently my favorite song is A Certain Shade of Green. I think I think I, I'm with you there. Mm-hmm. There's just so much to like. There's nothing I dislike about that song at all. Yeah. So, um, so one thing we didn't really discuss, or we kind of touched on a little bit, was the fact that their sound changes after this album. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have some heavier stuff on Make Yourself, but it's nowhere near what they're doing here. No. Um, once they kind of hit it big with you know songs like Drive and Make Yourself, and then as they go, you know, further. Was that Pardon in, me was on that. Pardon one? me, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they. Well, you know, you know how when they perform, uh, pardon me, in France, they're pardon moi. Get out. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Get out of town. Um, they, they, especially, uh, you know, like Morning View after this, uh, they really just get into that like coffee shop vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they stop playing the stuff. They stop playing this this album and before right yeah. like almost just entirely they somebody founded a surf shop and they're like we have to populate this with music <laughs> yeah which look i still dig it but they yeah. it's undeniable it's that they change totally different yeah um so they had a like a best of album come out a few years back i, I don't oh, remember yeah. the exact year but uh a few years back they had an uh best of well i'd never really like looked at it and I just figured, Oh, it would just have the hits from each one of their albums. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, today I went and looked, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm curious how many, uh, how many science songs they have on there. Mm -hmm. One, but not really. Oh, because it's this. Oh boy. Yeah. Large Vente for Sarah. <laughs> Large Vente for Sarah. We have rats in the milk again. Hey, baby, you should uh, come over and uh, I just got some new bongos. You might want to come check them out. Um, I, won't, I won't hit on you, I promise, but I'm going to. Uh... You better just hit on those bongos. Oh, Tony's drinking jaws. on the toilet again. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a an acoustic version of a certain shade of green. Yeah, interesting. And it's uh, the only song from Science on there, and it's like an acoustic version of it. I'm sure someone likes this. Like it's not bad, but like if you hear, it, like if you want to hear a certain shade of green, you're never going to pick no. this. Hell no. 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 Okay, we'll just go ahead and skip. Like, I appreciate the novelty of it existing, but come on, man. I know. 
It, it sounds like a bunch of white kids covering like a rap song. <laughs> Dynamite just, hack does. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so next up we've got uh, favorite thing track eight. Love this song. So this song is about uh, Brandon Boyd said um, how he feels like uh, how he could never join a religion. Like he gives Christianity as an example. How. Um, how he could just turn away from his favorite things and just give all that up for a religion. And like, why on earth would he do that? Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. This is another instance where reading the lyrics <laughs> yeah. helped because like I too am, uh, I guess not. I, I don't know that I would say anti-religion It's not for me. I don't want any yeah. part of it, but like, I guess I'm cool with other people being part of it as long as it's not, harmful to anyone else right as long as you keep it to yourself i don't give a shit yeah keep it to yourself and you know be shameful about it yes you piece of, you're a piece of shit yeah you're a piece of shit Admit Look at it. All. you're a piece of shit. you have no imagination so you have to rely on a, someone else to tell you what whatever you're not you don't even like create your own god dude where we're all our own gods yeah we're yeah you should take mushrooms <laughs> because there's a fungus among us dude hey that reminds me incubus Uh, this song seems like it has the most straightforward song structure on the album to me. And I don't necessarily mean that as a bad thing. I think that was the violin. What? I think they'll do it again. We'll, we'll lap back around to it. Yeah. So it was like out of the chorus going back into something verse. else. I think so, yeah. We got to track down this violin. <laughs> we'll a- APB a- a- on this violin. <laughs> ACAB on this APB. Violin Watch 2022. Well, <laughs> not there, huh? Playing his voice like an instrument. Mm-hmm. I swear I heard something. I swear. We'll add a violinist to that new metal band. Yeah. Oh, I hear it in the background. Yeah. Oh. Hell yeah, dude. This song goes hard as fuck. I love this right here. Drops out. God, that voice. You know, I said it like a hundred times, but seriously. It's fucking good. Yeah, I hear it now. I think you hear it more once it cuts out. I think it kind of tails off. Oh, it almost sounds like a sample. Hmm. Mm, we'll say it's violin. Let this roll over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is track nine, summer romance. 
Parentheses, anti-gravity love song. Love this song. Oh my god. Come at me. Oh my god. I don't give a shit. Come at me, come on me. It's the the longest actual song of the album. Four minutes, twenty-six seconds. So just you know, start just loosely masturbating right now. So I don't even know if I should say this. Flick him if you got him. (laughs) I used uh so I had like a like a sex playlist when I was younger. Okay. Um, and uh this was on there. So anytime I would have like a lady over for the night, uh, this would be part of the rotation. If you, well, I don't blame you. I mean, listen to this, you know, I know right. The, the drums, they have that like pop or that record pop hiss on there. Yeah. Um, his voice is like, even though he has like Butter. a, like a mid range voice, he's, he can hit those like lower notes and pitch perfect, like absurd. And he can like waver that in and out just like, with zero, zero effort, it sounds like. It's like he's not even trying. Literally, my first note on this song was throw this jam on your sex playlist. <laughs> so, well, too late. Uh, it's like, it's on there. It's kind of like a lounge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Ooh, they, they have harmony. the shaker in there. That's going to be in the new metal band. This is the new new metal band. <laughs> um, and then uh, the guitar on this is that like? It sounds like it's played through like a little miniature speaker, but it sounds great. Yeah. Like. Yeah. yeah. It's just those little bits, you know. It's like it's one a measure flourishes yeah. that just make this album. From like a great album to like just a phenomenal album, and I understand that people who listen to new metal might have their preferences, and they might gravitate toward that for the the uh, heaviness of it all. Well, this or is an the, anti-gravity love song. So. Well, I was gonna say in the groove of it all, this does have that groove. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, it's it's lighter. But I don't know how you could not like this song. I know the song is so fucking good, and if you're thinking to yourself like, how is it possible that the song could like. If we're we're already at a nine and a half, how can we possibly get to that ten? Well, you'll find out here shortly. Oh yeah. Um, the oh. the harmony vocals here, so especially good. like when they go high on the next go round. So like I said, we're at a nine and a half. Guys, we gotta get to this ten before we're done recording this. How are we gonna do it? Oh shit, we got Shadow Man playing saxophone. <laughs> I played saxophone in middle school. Did you really? Band. Oh yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Not like this. Oh no. I wish. You like what? You like kicked over the door. <laughs> Start jamming this. It's a fun instrument to play, though. I mean, it sounds great. I wish I still. I wish I kept up with it. Because now that I actually know what music is, <laughs> I maybe could have been good at it. That harmony is just. I mean, 
and butter. And if you thought the saxophone was, if you thought the saxophone was just around for the bridge, it's sticking around. Hell, hey man, he reared his damn ugly head, and he's sticking around a little bit. Hmm. All right, and now we're going into Nebula. It's <laughs> gonna say at the end of uh, Summer Romance. There, we just solved the cold case, <laughs> and now here we go. Yeah, and Nebula. Uh, uh, is this their hardest song? Their hardest. I don't know about that. Let's listen and find out. But I read that the first sound you hear in the song is a phaser pedal being plugged into a wall while already turned on. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's that that beeping. I think it was a. Oh, is that what that was? Okay. I think so. Oh, yeah. Open up the pit. <laughs> I love that you go from anti-gravity love song to just like... They do such a fantastic job of song placement on oh, this. Yes. That like yes. okay. uh, track six was perfectly placed because then it leads into a certain shade of green. Then you have uh, sex song leading directly into this, you know? Yeah. I love I love the sound effects. The little, <laughs> like, the... <laughs> the uh, post-chorus sound effects. It's like uh, sampling a sound effects record. <laughs> yeah. It's just letting it play through each one. And the verses are uh, vocally just two verses long. Like, this is the verse. Yeah. And then this part is like the pre-chorus. This reminds me of some heavy Mike Patton stuff right here. Okay. Man, I'm so wildly curious now. Those drums, man. Oh, that's... Some great change-ups there. Some great tempo change-ups. <laughs> Looks like we just took a Casio keyboard and is just hitting like a random. Yeah. Is that a fart? Thanks, <laughs> too. <laughs> I thought you did that at first, but <laughs> you mouthed you did it. it. Move. <laughs> I thought you did it. No. I was like, oh, Ross made a fart noise. And then you asked me about it. I was like, oh, okay. These, like, drum and bass drums are fucking so rad. Yeah. What's your favorite Guardians of the Galaxy character? Nebula. Oh, yeah. Uh, is Karen Gillen come? Nebula. <laughs> yeah, man. I guess maybe this is... Heavy. One of the heavier, heavier songs. It's definitely the most like frantic. It reminds me a lot of Mr. Bungle. Mr. Bungle will do that where they'll switch up tempos just wildly. This is a heavy Mr. Bungle song, actually. Damn. I never really realized that. Man. Mm, that's good. I like that they go wild at the end of the song, but there's still two more fucking songs to go. <laughs> yeah. This seems like you're wrapping up a 
performance of some sort. Next up, we've got Deep Inside. And I want to be Deep Inside Nebula. What? My wife is listening to this. Oh, you already know. Yeah. She's aware of my caring villain <laughs> obsession. Track 11, like you said, it's called Deep Inside. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, i just like to take this moment to uh, introduce y'all to Funk Junction. Feel free to stay a while. Hey everybody, my name is Dr. Smith. This is not a black voice, this is a guy, this is a white guy with a gravelly voice, so I've please been, don't cancel me. I've been smoking quite a bit. <laughs> I'm from the south. That's what we sound like. <laughs> I do love this song. I do too. I forgot all about this song until I listened back to it. I love that back and forth. Mm-hmm. I, like, I totally forgot about that. I forgot about the song as a whole, and I certainly forgot about that, like, heavy part in there. Yeah. Like, it almost... Just throw it in there. It doesn't seem like it's there for a purpose, but, like, it fucking rules. It's like a punctuation. I'm so stoned, I can't see straight. Uh, that was my note on the lyrics, is I think maybe the song is about being lost while stoned, but I don't know. That was I, just I my best sense. guess. Because it's like different times throughout the morning, and they're like trying to get home essentially. It's this is definitely about being high. We passed my house at least an hour ago. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of want to listen to it. Like, I know, I know. Even though I've listened to it so many times in the past two weeks, I'm just like... It's a jam. It really it is. is. Oh. It's a bop. That's what the kids are saying. It's like some fish guitar right there. <laughs> Get it, Trey! Wow, you know, it really sounds like fish, actually. <laughs> I put a note on here that it has a very new metal bridge. Was that right? Because it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> Maybe that was for a different it's song. New metal as fuck. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. It's five o'clock. We tell this is new metal coming up. Oh, 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 oh. Maybe this one I was thinking of. Okay. This is very new metal. Yeah. This is like the most new metal Incubus goes. Because yeah, it's just like. Probably, yeah. Getting everyone in the crowd jumping. I know exactly where we are. the fuck are we? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I like this part. He sings with the guitar solo. God, this really sounds like Trey Anastasio. <laughs> but I like it. Whatever. I don't love fish, but I like this. Oh, put that on a shirt. 
I don't like fish, but I like this. Suck and, it, Harris Whittles. And then, oh, wait. <laughs> can't. Oh, no. Oops. Um, and the people come up to you and they're like, what does that mean? And then you have to play the, this entire song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was deep inside. Uh, deep inside. We're deep faves. inside this album with only one track remaining. And here we go. It's called Calgon. <laughs> Sounds delicious. Just spelled Calzone? Probably. Track 12. This song is heavy. Well, I mean, like, it. <laughs> see? <laughs> It starts out so just like gentle, like a lullaby, and then it, man, it really uh, picks so, up. Uh, this song is called, I think it's Calgon, right? Like Calgon, take me away, and then it has like. Th- this sounds very like, I get vibes of like, sci-fi shit, from this. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. like reading the lyrics, I was like, oh, this is another late album, alien abduction track. Have you read the lyrics to this? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, no, yeah. no, right. I, man, this song is so much heavier for a late album song, or especially yeah. a last track. Um, but it rules. <laughs> it's got like a sense of humor too. Yeah. Like there's some really funny shit on this album. I dreamt I went potty. <laughs> I love this that like snare break shit. beat or whatever. Yeah. No, it's not a break beat. Is. I like this chorus a lot. Yeah. Man, this whole album. Goddamn. Front to back. Snooter to tooter. <laughs> Snooter to toot. Take to toot. Snout to bout. <laughs> I love his little screams that he does. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the most, like, narratively driven song. Yeah. Even though the previous one, like, counts out time about being lost or whatever, looking for his home. This is like recounting an experience he had of being like abducted by aliens or whatever. Okay. Um, I don't know. Hmm. I don't Tom know. Tom DeLong has entered the chat. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I wish more bands would do narrative songs. Oh, really? Like songs that tell stories. I love songs that tell stories. Have you ever listened to. No, no. And you won't. Okay. Tell me. I'm kidding. No. Baby. No! <laughs> okay. Um, I forgot the name of them. I didn't know it before. The uh, Coheed and Cambria. Oh. You ever listen to them? Uh, uh, not really. I've oh. heard them, but I haven't really listened to them. I know they have like a whole like mega arc structure kind of thing, right? Yeah, and it like bled over into comics. Yeah. Yeah. I never got into it. That's like, too much. I just wanted all the kind lot. of song. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm fine with that. Thank goodness for bathtubs and suds. It's so pretty, but it's... Because <laughs> they put stuff in his butt. I assume that's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Go, 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 go. 
I'd say it's a toss-up between uh, this and Nebula as, as the hardest. Okay. Because he, I mean, new skin. I was going to say, like, new skin has got to be up there. Yeah. See, this album is fun, and I feel like their subsequent albums just aren't fun. No. Yeah, I feel like they, they got too far into, like, the artsy side of things. Yeah. And, and like, also, they were just like, oh, we have money. We can relax a little bit. True. Yeah. But it is, is, is it, is it, 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 it is a pretty stark difference from this album to the next one. Like, it feels like this album, they were just like, I mean, the name of the album is Science. It feels experimental and uh, weird and fun. Um, and not that the other albums don't have like little moments, but nothing Wait. even comes close to this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that part right there is what we used to say to each other all the time. Look what you fucking did, Gavin. Look what you fucking did, Gavin. Um, <laughs> so this part of the, the song is Gavin, uh, who's DJ Life. He was like trying to take video in the recording booth, and evidently he almost like hit some button or whatever that deleted whatever song they were working on. And from this part we hear on the audio, it sounds like it was Cal Gone that yeah. they were working on. Um, and I, I guess that was like the producer that was yelling at him or something like that. I don't know, but oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know who that was. Somebody who was like pissed off about it. Yeah. So uh, there's a hidden track on this. Uh, it's officially called Segway One. Um, so Calgon ends at five minutes twelve seconds. The hidden track Segway One begins at five minutes forty two seconds. If you're listening on the original version, otherwise, if you are streaming it, you can just select the song right away. Um, Segway One is also known as Jose Loves Kate Moss Part One, <laughs> which is wild. Um, uh, a segment of the song... Is that the drummer? Uh, Jose? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, a segment of this... Wait, wait, wait. No, later on. Um, where there's a, a segment of the song where they're playing... Uh, or th- Somebody says the word Incubus, and they sample it. They put it in a Casio SK-1 keyboard, and it's uh, sequenced to its default demo track. And um, the SK-1 is a sampler that could record audio samples and change the pitch with whatever notes you were playing on. So it's like toward, it's like the last minute and 45 seconds of this. Okay. It fucking is the, one of the best parts of the album. And I fucking love this album, but it's so (laughs) fucking silly. I listened to that specific part of this hidden track as the plane was lifting off from Dallas to Mexico. Oh, nice. It was, it's fucking wild. Yeah. The, the feeling of like being hurled into the sky in a giant metal tube <laughs> yeah. while listening to that shit was wild. But uh, a lot of the, the rest of the song is like these just like weird, uh, like that first part was somebody reading off like a description of a autopsy or something like that. And then it's over this like hip hop oh, beat. Right, right, yeah. There's like programmed drums and all this shit. It's kind of fun. It, it's fun. It gets a little, uh, I think, long in the tooth, I think. A little bit, uh, yeah. But uh, it's good. There's a, a later part on this hidden track where they start reciting, uh, uh, not lyrics, but uh, lines from the Karate Kid or whatever. <laughs> Hell yeah. Mr. Yagi! Um, Go for the leg! 
So I guess this is all DJ life, right? I mean... The, the bulk of it, I imagine. It's probably just him. I, I feel like a lot of this shit is just them fucking around. around. Yeah. It's just like, we recorded this, but we don't know what to do with it. It's probably like demo stuff or whatever. Yeah. Just hanging and banging, brother. Hey, man. Ain't nothing better than hanging and banging. You know what I'm talking about? Unless you're banging and not hanging. Because that would be wrong. We don't do that anymore. Okay? God damn it, Bobby. <laughs> that was on the album. It <laughs> wasn't me. Yeah, that was just there. <laughs> Have you heard of Hank Trill? I think so, yeah. Oh, it's like uh, it's like uh, trap music, but it's all it's like <laughs> yeah. done in uh, uh, Hank Hill's voice. Yeah. <laughs> Propane. I can't remember the name of the song, but yeah, it's, uh, they're on they're on Spotify. I would highly recommend listening to them. <laughs> it is funny. Is, uh, is it King of the Hill coming back? Are they bringing them back? Yes. Yeah. Damn it. Innocence. But uh, like um, Tom Petty, right? It was Tom what? Petty, right? They did uh, Lucky's voice, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. I I think it was somebody like famous that you wouldn't expect Barack um, Hussein Obama yes <laughs> I don't know if you saw somebody tweeted it cracked me up it was like hydrated Obama be like oh let me pee clear <laughs> so stupid but yeah, I love it that's funny Uh, yeah, Tom Petty. Tom Petty did uh, Lucky's voice. You know Luann's boyfriend? Well, damn. Luann isn't coming back. Tom Petty's not yeah, coming back. Right. Damn. Luann and Tom Petty, right. Well, Tom why Petty. even reboot the show? Yeah. Everyone's dead. <laughs> All of them. That is a funny show. It's a highly underrated show. Yeah. Like, I don't know about highly underrated because I think it's like in subsequent years has been like picked up and people finally see like, oh, this show was like way, not way ahead of its time, but like. Um, doing something totally different than than what you expect out of like just a silly cartoon or whatever. Yeah, like it, it doesn't have the uh, acclaim of like The Simpsons or whatever. Right. But I'd argue it's more consistent than The Simpsons. Yeah. Once you get past season seven of The Simpsons. Oh, really? I, I haven't like watched an actual Simpsons episode in such a long time. I've been watching them on uh, Disney Plus, but yeah. just like the first. Well, okay. <laughs> Because I don't watch the first season. Um, but in seasons two through seven. Watch out, boy. <laughs> season one, Homer. I it's love it so rough. much. Man, season what? one, Simpsons is not... It's not funny. It's not funny. Yeah. I'll say it. It isn't funny. Like, there may be a couple jokes in there that are, like, okay. But it doesn't really... Does it become the Simpsons that you know until season two? Truly. Yeah. They have to, like, figure out what Homer's whole deal is, right? Yeah. He finally becomes the lead character or whatever. Right. Well, I guess co-lead with Bart. Don't have a cow, man. That was terrible. <laughs> Hell yeah. This sounds like porn music. Hell yeah, dude. remember stealing my dad's porns when I was a kid. Porno tapes, I found them. And I remember, like, I'd put them in the VCR and then write down the timestamp. Oh. Because I'd have to, like, have to get watch and then, like, rewind. Yeah. And, like, I, I remember, like, <laughs> okay. uh, TMI, hidden track. We'll call it hidden track. Hidden track, yeah. Uh, but I'd be, like... Uh, looking out the window, like watching oh, yeah. for my parents' yeah. car, and like jerking off, standing up, like looking out the window. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta watch for those headlights. Yeah. Thankfully, we had like a really long ass driveway, so I could uh. see him coming from like a long ways off. But I remember like 
panic, like <gasps> shit, like running over, like rewinding, ejecting, that's, going like that's hiding. Timetable, yeah. Oh god, mm-hmm. oh. To, I'm getting anxious thinking about it. You, right now. you will never be more focused in your life no. than trying to like rewind your dad's porno tape <laughs> yeah. while they're pulling down the driveway. Oh my god, you have no idea. <laughs> and you're trying to get your boner to go down. Yeah, fighting well, a 15, uh, fighting like a 13 year old boy boner, which I've done. Oh, <laughs> I still do. Just still three times do. this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that shit does. That shit does not want to go away. No, huh? <laughs> no matter how panicked you are, <laughs> it is an angry boner. <laughs> no matter how much you're focused on whatever other task, <laughs> it's there. It's representing. Oh man. So, <laughs> at this point, where it's this like minutes? nice little like guitar. Diddy I don't know, here. It's kind of got like a sinister. Kind of must be like the Halloween theme a little bit. We've we've entered the pinball portion of our our show. <laughs> it's like pinball. No, maybe it's just like general every arcade noises. Every new metal or new. God damn it! I can't even get it. Uh, every new disc colony episode comes with the special pinball, and it's over. That's <laughs> <laughs> still going. No, it still goes. Oh, we haven't got through the Karate Kid part yet. We gotta get there. Yeah, because this is we're, we're past like samples now. We're just like at shit they recorded <laughs> yeah. on the task cam. Like. Yeah. yeah, this is this is not for any use in any song whatsoever. Yeah. No, other than the sit and drag. <laughs> it just goes on for a long time. Just stare at each other. All this happens. I listened to this whole thing today, and pretty, pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Not wild, but uh, what's the word going for? Um, pretty strange, but it's good. It was, it was, fun. It was refreshing. Oh, here we go. Turn this up. Fuck with it all fancy, all crazy. Eight fucking tracks. You can make a lot of shit. Brandon Boyd? Incubus. So this is what I was talking about. This, this imagine the plane <laughs> is taking off. <laughs> I, it took us such a long time to like take off at a certain point. Like I had started listening to like redefine. I started at the beginning of this album, and there was like such a delay. We were sitting on that flight for such a long time, just Holy like shit. waiting to take off. That I got to this far into the album to where I was listening to this like keyboard shit. Like Brandy, listen to this. <laughs> Double time. Get it. Everyone on the floor. (laughs) Borderline and listenable at this point. (laughs) Not the podcast, not the album. (laughs) This is such a treat for me. This this is like the only part of the hidden track I remembered from like a decade ago or whatever. Yeah. Oh God! (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's it. So thus concludes Science uh, by Incubus. Science by Incubus, everybody. Um, so we have to do our ratings on this album. So from zero to seven, new metal guitar strings. Ross, what are you giving Science by Incubus? Seven. I don't know what else you could possibly give this. I, no. too, give this a seven. It's such a blast to listen to, Perfect. especially after coming off of that Head P.E. album. Jesus Christ. That I, it, was uh, it was monotonous. It was just like one long-ass song. And this was such a delight to listen to, such a refresher, Agreed. such a palate cleanser, but also something that was very appetizing as well. Yes. Uh, so happy to listen to this. Delicious. And uh, I feel like the way you've built this up, you're going to announce next week's album, and it's going to be sad. Huh? I wouldn't. I would never do that. Oh, speaking of of which, uh, on the Scarlet toward the <laughs> yeah, uh, the previous album uh, that we discussed, like uh, before we started recording the Head PE episode, I said, mm-hmm. "Oh, I don't know how I feel about this next album." You're like, "What was it?" And I told you it was the very first like self titled Saliva album. Yes. And you were like, "Oh no, we can just skip that because yeah. it's not even the one that has like." click click boom or whatever bullshit people like right i don't even like that song but i was like okay we'll just take that one off there but i did my due diligence and also on a flight to mexico uh i listened uh, scrub through <laughs> that album just yeah. to listen to it oh it's just like a hard rock album so it's it, i wouldn't even qualify that as new okay, metal so, so we're good the the timeline is secure okay um so, listeners, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NudistPod. Email us, NudistPod at gmail.com. Check out the Nudist Colony Spotify playlist. There's a link to that in the show notes. In that, you will find the next album we will be discussing, which is another entry by Deftones, Around the Fur. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so, Fuck yes. Uh, we, Fuck yes. You and I uh, kind of hammered that previous... Deftones album a little bit Adrenaline yeah. uh, Our most listened to episode For some reason <laughs> That one has so many listens uh, More than any Wild. other episode here uh, But we'll take it Of course oh, yeah. uh, But uh, this time I'm looking forward to it Because my favorite Deftones song of all time Is Head Up And it's on this next Fuck. album Yes And uh, I'm looking forward To listening to it I've I'm familiar with like Maybe uh, a quarter of the songs on this. Oh, really? Wow. I've listened to okay. it all the way through before, but I just like... Well, you're in for a treat. It's not in my memory. Um, so I'm looking forward to listening to that and then coming back here in a couple of weeks to discuss that with you. Hell yeah, boy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, boy. All right. Uh, anything else to say on this episode? Well, I guess we should say, where is New Metal now? Oh, where is New Metal now? Yes. So it's it's uh same as it was last week. <laughs> Uh yeah, it seems this like album doesn't move the needle much. We're we're uh, continuing the trend of talking about aliens, I guess. Yeah, we're talking about uh, newscasters, right? Yes. So Kent Brockman, Ted Koppel, pretty much the same guy. How come you never see Ted Koppel and Kent Brockman in the same place? Hmm, interesting. Maybe they're the same guy. Probably. Nice. Mm-hmm. Of course they are. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in the uh, new metal is in the same spot. Now next week, mm-hmm. I think we're gonna see a shift. A pitch shift? No, no. A deaf tone. Uh, yes, tone deaf. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no. I think next week because th- this next coming up, this is a this is a, a seminal album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, Dad's coming down the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> I got vinegar strokes going. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but uh, no, this next one um, is a huge. This is this is a monumental, I would say, um, album in new metals uh, childhood yeah 
I would mm-hmm. say. Yes. I think so. So yeah, next week's going to be, this is going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Oh man, two back to backs here. Honestly, I've, science is one of my, like not just new metal mm-hmm. favorites, like one of my all time favorite albums. Mm-hmm. Like it's one that I consider I can go front to back and not even skip a song. And it's just wait, snooter to tutor, snooter, snooter to tutor, bro. Damn. Okay. Um, I, I consider that one of my all time favorites. Mm-hmm. Like right there at the same level mm. is around the fur. Interesting. Like, of my all time favorite albums, unskippable, perfect, just mm, everything that I love in an album. Well, look, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, you know, we had a good run there with "Floored" by Sugar Ray, leading into a three dollar bill y'all by Limp Biscuit, and then yeah. we got Head PE. So head, it interrupted the but flow. It was not good. It was not good. No. Crap! You had too much teeth. Oh my god. <laughs> you ever seen the movie teeth no i need to oh you really do need to it's wild it's wild i, I all i know is vagina dentata <laughs> <laughs> then you know that the movie phrase teeth. is stuck in my head ever since i heard it exactly um but uh so yeah we've got uh science by incubus followed by uh around the fur by deftones what could be after that uh, i guess you'll have to tune in next week to find out that's right next week we're going to explore even deeper into the new metal catalog. And then the week after that, even deeper. I know what it is. Dear reader, do you get fucked? Damn I'm Ted Koppel. <laughs> get fucked. <laughs> Bye. Hey. Fantastic. Uh, bye.